Emma, you think uh, you got a good view of Scott? You should see the camel toe from here. Oh, I can only imagine. Yes. Don't look, John. Don't look. You know you want oh, to. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what, what's John? <laughs> Jeezy crazy. Oh, my God. I, could, I totally did that. <laughs> <laughs> There. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits and my birthday here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Congratulations. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> I got the look. Oh. Hey everyone, this is Liza and yes, I am... Now two years older than Jim, but yesterday I was only one year older than Jim. Yes, you still look younger than I do, so <laughs> well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. Definitely pretend to be. Yes. Um, we got a lot to talk about. We had a big weekend, and we got some special guests. So let's get to who is here <laughs> in the studio. Who did that? Was it you? Yes. <laughs> well, let's just, let's just start there. Still. Well, on the classy girl couch with no manners at all, it's Miss Emma. Homina, 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 homina. Aloha, darlings. Um, as always, I'm just thrilled to be here. And Liza, no matter how old you get, you will never be as old as me. I can never catch up. Never catch up with me. I, but I do remember when you were the age I am now and thinking, gosh, she's old. <laughs> well, yeah, but and now s- I'm here. I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you said the same about Elspeth as well. I'm throwing you <laughs> right under the bus now. You're like, oh God, Elspeth's so old, uh, and here you are. Yeah, how do you? I'm I mean, how it do- doesn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. Yours. No, it doesn't. It does hurt. I was yeah, let's say be clear. It does hurt. I was going to say you're as old as you feel, but for you, that may not be a good, a good barometer. Just Welcome for geriatrics know, and misfits. I know. Yeah. Also on the classy girl couch tonight, I'm going completely out of order, is Jane. Hey, Jane. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Happy birthday. First time here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here on your birthday. First time oh, visitor. Yeah. Welcome aboard. And, and in, the, in the studio, like I say, welcome to my mind. <laughs> This is exactly how I think all the time. Oh, <laughs> Evil Knievel is in here. If all these things <laughs> yeah, were spinning oh, yeah. simultaneously. <laughs> Actually, this is like Liza's mind, except there is more pizza in Liza's mind. There's always pizza. Let's see. And uh, sitting next to me and still trying to figure out what he's doing here, it's John. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, <laughs> Oh, thank you. No, John, thank you for being with us, darling. And You're you welcome. know, because he's a John, we have to give him a nickname. Oh, yeah. Jane, does he have a nickname? Oh, boy. Or should we just call him Mr. Jane? Let's call him Mr. Jane. For this journey we're on, I think Mr. Jane's appropriate. I I think he deserves something a bit roguish, I think, like Mr. Johnny. Ooh. Mr. Johnny. Ooh. Do you like that? Yeah, he likes that. How about Johnny, Johnny Ball Chopper? No. <laughs> just trying to expand the boundaries here. No, I just yoga, John. I, 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 I How about yoga, John? No, Mr. Johnny oh, sounds like somebody who does your dry cleaning. No, it does not. I, I think we've got a silent like quiet question. Johnny Dharma yoga Punks. John. Yoga John oh, is good. Yoga John. Yoni? I like yoga. yoga. Yeah. I like yoga the strawberry John. flavor the best. All right, Yoga John. Well, yoga let's John. keep going around <laughs> to our other favorite. What? Nothing. It's already out the rails. Of course, running the board, it's Stumpy John. Welcome from Stumpy John. 
I was going to sing Happy stand. Birthday, but she totally ruined it, so I can't even do it. No, you so. went off at a peculiar key, I know. John. You went off at a peculiar key, darling, well, and nobody could follow you. No, peculiar. but I caught the vibrato. That was very nice. Oh, I was thank impressed. you. That was no, Stevie. he does his own vibrato. That was my Stevie Wonder part. <laughs> 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 with he a little bit of chorizo. Whenever you share a room <laughs> yeah, with him. He you does know, it by eating chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just stand up and say bravo. Miss hey, uh, Emma, pull my finger. No. <laughs> no. no. Well, there's guests. No, we don't want egg in here. We have guests. Uh, but we're still not done. Uh, join, <laughs> joining us for... How many times have you been here now? John's vibrato. Well, I'm going to say you are officially now stunt misfit level. It's Scott. Oh, I didn't even know what stunt misfit level was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm back in, back in Santa Cruz stealing time from my dog. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, um, before we go any further, Scott, uh, were you applying a wood grain finish to your BMW <laughs> saddlebags yes, not half an hour ago? It's like a big station wagon. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure I, that I out. Get, I get what's going on there. Is it's a, the family is a little truckster. Bit, yeah, it's a little bit of like National Lampoon's. Truckster. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. family truckster. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It makes sense. All right, we're still going around the room. That's it's a lot of Naked Jim. Hey, what's happening? Ride dirt bikes. Word to your moms. Peace, love, and cool socks. <laughs> I've come to drop psalms. I've got more rhymes in the Bible. Naked Jim is wearing a very patriotic sock oh, today. <laughs> no, I'm not looking up your short leg. Look at that. Yeah, very nice. Very proud. Liza, are you rocking some red, white, and blue tonight? Yeah. I'm not. God bless America. Pinko pinko commie bedwetter. That webcam can't even see your socks. (laughs) 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 Bedwetter. Blame it on the hot tamales. That's downright (laughs) un-American. Long-haired, peace-loving, hippie type. Acid freak. And we're still going. And we cannot forget. Everybody's no favorite ginger. It's Bagel. Greetings from Rancho Bagel. I like that. Hello, Bagel. Hey, how Hello. are the horses next door? Are they frolicking in the sunshine? They're at their summer home. Uh, oh. They went away a couple weeks ago. So oh, no. there's no horses next door. But they will be back in September. So the, the summer home's not the glue factory. Oh no, 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 no. okay. So no, they will be back. They have, they have pastures to run around and graze in and, and uh, frolic and play. Okay, they, they love it over there apparently, and, and have someone there who dotes on them every day. Oh, that's lovely. I have another yeah. license plate to add to your collection, Bagel. Oh, awesome! Thank yeah. you. I'll arrange your Much address. appreciated. Sure. Yeah, I told him you you're the collector of the license plates. Oh yes. Yeah. So. Um, we're just continuing rolling along with our amazing weekends. And we had another one yesterday. Yeah. Back to Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca. The famed. Yeah, which stands for? Dry Lake. The Dragon. I thought it was food on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it is. <laughs> Jim, that reminds me. Mm. When we were coming home, we did uh, the back way, and then we're like, let's run over to Cycle Gear real quick. Oh, cool. Yeah, because there's a new one down there, right? Yeah, and as we were just like a block or two away from Cycle Gear, I saw it. You did. And I was like, I was on comms with John, and I like, I gasped. I'm like, John, do you see it? Do you see it? It's a a restaurant I've never seen before, and it has all the things I want, and it's Mm -hmm. called the Crab Bucket. Oh, Oh, bring me the bucket. 
Well, hopefully they have some towels uh, and bowls. And it's awesome. I've been there. Fun. Is it, if you it guys don't know awesome. why I'm so excited, first of all, my favorite food, have favorite food comes on a stick. But I also equally love food that comes in a bucket. Because name any food that comes in a bucket that isn't awesome. <laughs> Milk. Shrimp and chicken, fried chicken. <laughs> Boo that comes in a bucket, I'm all in. And now there's a crab bucket. Heck what? Yeah. So, I, I bet they Liza, bring you a bucket of crab. I'm going to stop you there. Shrimp, yes. crab, lobsters, <laughs> these are bugs. Mm-hmm. It's a bug <laughs> that lives in the sea. Yes. But it's a bug. Yeah. Tasty. It's better than eating cows, isn't it? No. <laughs> no? It's a bug. It's not better for our ecosystem? Is it better than a banger? Then nothing's better than a banger. Yeah. Except a wee bit of mash. Bangers and mash like me mother used to make. And some peas. Anyway, so I want to go back there. But we went back to Laguna Seca. And this time it was for the Arma Moto Classic. American Historic, Historic Motorcycle, Motorcycle Racing, Racing Association. Association. There we go. Well done, you. <clears throat> I looked it up. <clears throat> there you um, go. <laughs> so just like last week, we were there for Moto America, which is like international and national um, professional racing. Right. Uh, this is club and, and and privateer. Privateer racing. That was still pretty high level of racing. Oh no, I mean the But you don't stand- have the oh, big as right. big a trucks. The standard of racing is always very, very high. But if you go to the 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 paddock, you know, if you go to the, the pits, rather than these giant factory trucks that are worth about a million bucks, you get converted school buses right. with hmm. hand painted murals on the side. Cool. And it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I love the armor races. It it the atmosphere's great, the characters are great. Um I'd like to say thank you to a couple of people okay. before we get started. Am I, am I top of the list? Oh, always, Liza. <laughs> thank you to Liza for <laughs> thank just being yes. Liza, <laughs> you know, and reminding me that things could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, thanks to Barry, mm-hmm. um, who's press secretary, for getting us tickets, <coughs> and Danny, who's basically works for Barry, who really facilitated the whole thing. Um, and, you know... It was it was a lovely event, and big thanks to those two mm-hmm. for making it actually happen. What I love about Arma, <clears throat> a lot of really fascinating bikes there. Mm. Old bikes, really old bikes, really old, old bikes. They're all still running fit as a fiddle and, and a lot of fun. But you also see old mm-hmm. racers, and what I love oh, about God, old yeah. racers, mm. they walk with this hunched over curved body. Like they look like they could barely walk, but then they yeah. get on a bike and they look like they're molded to the bike. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, m- okay. one of my favorite parts is it the Grand Prix start or is it Monte Carlo? What do they call that? Oh, the Grand, Grand Prix, Prix start. The Grand Prix oh, start. God. So you see, like all these clapped out bikes that range decades, right? I just and sent these, you guys a picture of something and these I thought was shambling wrecks. And all of a sudden, they to them. give the signal. These guys run like turtles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then they hop on these bikes, that, and then it's you know it's uphill that the straightaway there, and it, and you're ready for them to rock it off. And they don't necessarily rock it off, but they're up to speed by the end. It is fun. I'm just imagining them parking a walker next to the bike when they get on. No, these guys, okay. these guys are pretty. I wouldn't mess with them. There's some, no, okay. uh, and awesome. and you get crazy um, uh, groupings. Like you might get these like. Uh, 1990s super bikes you know leader super bikes they're 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 lined up and then they take off right behind them is a bunch of supermotos that they take off like 
30 seconds later, and then the next group is a bunch of electric motorcycles, and they're take off. And they're all on the track at the same time. Wow. And it's just like, what is going on? It's yeah. so crazy. And then, well, and then like, and a lot of them were what four, four and six lap races, but a couple mm-hmm. of laps in, they're all mixed up already. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's wild. It's fun to watch. One of the things I really like about it too is the accessibility that you can just go up anywhere and talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, Jim, I think you and John tried to get up trackside. How yeah. did, how did that go for you? Uh, the first time we got shot down. <laughs> Well, remember I told you, I bet you Liza gets through. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, no, Liza's not going to get through. Uh-huh. And then she did. <laughs> they were sitting in the bleachers across there, and there goes Liza, boo, right out there. So but here's the saving grace, and to, to echo your sentiment about yeah. how what a cool event it is, I'm sitting with Yuri, who's racing, mm-hmm. and he has a pop-up right by the garages that open up onto the, mm-hmm. the hot the hot track, hot what do they call it? Hot pit, thank you. Yeah. And uh, I told Yuri, I'm like, yeah, I got shot down. He goes, just walk through that fucking pit. So I did. Yeah, I just like, walk, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, they're working on I stuff. Know, they don't care. It's really fun. The, and the, the funny thing is the only way I got in is I just started walking through the gate. This is where they let <clears throat> bikes in. Mm-hmm. And one of the track officials stopped me. He said, hey, uh, uh, this, this short woman, she said, yeah, you can't, you can't come in here without a wristband. I went, she, oh, she's like, sir, sir, you can't come in here. <laughs> and I just looked at her and went, Okay, like, mm-hmm. and just kind of step back out of the way and just watch from through the fence. And then she, she felt so horrible. I think for calling me <laughs> sir, she went, "Okay, go ahead." <laughs> and just let me go. And I was like, "Okay," <laughs> like I didn't say anything. She called me ma'am, and I didn't get through. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm looking at the schedule from it and some of the classes they were putting together, like race eight, three uh, fifty GP bikes. Jim, I'm going to stop you there. Yes. Surely, you mean you're looking at the schedule? Schedule. Yes. Yeah. The schedule. Don't and, uh, don't make me come over there. But the variety is great. It's like 350 MotoGP bikes, then like Sound of Thunder, whatever that is, yeah. CL60s. Sound of From Under? <laughs> yes, From Under, your, you know what. <laughs> uh, and then CL350s, um, uh, 125s, these are all in the same class. Oh. Did you see the picture I sent you, Emma, of yes. the motorcycle? What is that? Did you look at it right now? No, I'm I looking. sent it to Eliza, too. It's some crazy. But Hang on, let me the have neat a look. thing about these bikes is... A lot of them are really old, um, everything from Indians to Italian bikes, but they're super purpose-built, um, which is really kind of neat to see the way they set up the bikes, and very unique and very raced. I love that old, rigid Indian that the old guy was running uh, out Oh, there. man, he had two of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he that does. was so cool. He just travels the country. It's, it's a Honda. <clears throat> no, it's not. Oh, wait. No, Gil- when did you Gil-Tec? send it to, via Messenger? Or? I think I texted Gil- it to Gil-Tec? you. Oh, yeah, no, Giltech. You didn't text it to me. Oh, I'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, look at uh, Liza's. <clears throat> Show but, me. But that's like a cool uh, well, example. His leg is covering the engine, so it's really hard to see. It's a twin. Looks like a. Oh, it's just a little anyway. 160 Honda. There were tons of them yeah, out there. Could yeah. be. Yeah, but it's a little 160 <clears throat> Honda. There's yeah. a whole class for them. Yeah, and it it's was very, wild. it's very competitive because all <clears throat> the bikes are the same. And they're not particularly quick bikes. I mean, it's sort of 80 miles an hour flat out. Mm. So it's absolutely on the skill of the rider. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, really accessible and fun, but it doesn't stop there. They've really upped their game. Last year, for the first time, they added vintage motocross, which is really more like a hair scramble. I think does motocross have to have jumps to be motocross? <coughs> it's I this think was, the vintage ones have like yeah, a this small was jump. more okay. yeah, somewhere in between. And if you go up over the hill outside of the bowl from <clears throat> the racetrack, there's another little valley. Uh, of a, just a hillside that's normally just overflow car parking on grass and dirt. And they just 
grade it and build a track and you get people out there. And I, I said this last year and I say it again. It is on any Sunday comes to life. Exactly. <laughs> And you see these vintage two-strokes just around. There was a 70-year-old lady out there racing. She was awesome. That's great. And you're seeing just awesome greaves and and huskies and all sorts of crazy old bikes, but also old Yamahas and Kawasaki's, which were the wrong colors because they were different colors back then. Yes. I mean, we think of Yamaha as what color now? Blue. Well, you know, yellow. They've, they've, yellow. Yeah, they've gone to but, cobalt. But they weren't they blue then? No, they were, the way around, they were yellow then. Weren't they, they were they? yellow. <clears throat> so Yamaha yeah. have been through a few incarnations. Back in the seventies, the Yamaha color was yellow, of course, with the black and white Kenny Roberts checkerboards. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's Kenny Roberts colors. Now they've kind of defaulted to cobalt blue, but their early incarnation <clears throat> was blue as well. Yeah. Honda kind of latched onto red pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, mm. uh, Kawasaki. Screen. Yeah. Well, Kawasaki's no. always had a love affair with green, um, but they were blue. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. So it's you're trying to like figure mm-hmm. out what these bikes are. And you're like, yeah. oh yeah, they had different colors. But it's so great to see all these bikes out there running. And the other thing is, a lot of people wear vintage leathers and things oh, like that, and they mm. look like football pads. Yeah. And <laughs> and some people are racing and they're trying to do, you know push themselves, and then other people you can tell are just happy to be out there riding their vintage bike on an yeah. actual race, like oh. with a number plate. It's really fun. Yeah, I I could have stayed there all day. Hey, we got some more guests coming in. Hey, Reg, how you doing? I sit in. Yeah, come on. Do you guys know Reg Cottrell, author? Oh, we yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, why don't you sit here? Happy um, birthday, by the way. Thank you very much. Or would you like to be near Come the... Or, yeah, go ahead right there. I'm <clears throat> Yeah, go ahead there. And you got headphones, and we'll get your mic set up. Um, but it didn't stop there. We're, we're talking about armor racing. Were you there last weekend? Or this weekend? Well, I didn't go, but I've been at armor racing. Yeah, well, let's get you set up on a mic. Get well, your jacket well, off and get comfortable. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't talk without a mic. No one can hear you. Uh, and, Reg, you got some headphones there. Take your jacket off and get comfortable. Act like you've done this before. Yeah, you've been here before. Um, so, But it didn't stop there. I mean, I could have stayed at motocross all day. And they had a little show. Oh, that and not to mention, it's just you get, you're sitting there on the top of this hill, just the wind and the sun, and it was just comfortable and mm. so cool, right? Um, but then they added something new this year. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, two new things. The world's shortest <laughs> flat track. Shortest and most dangerous. Oh, by far. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thrilling, it were. Mm. Oh, I. Oh, I. Emma, Hello. you were saying the world's shortest flat track. Yes. Yes, it was. So they added flat track. And potentially the world's <laughs> most dangerous. Because I mean, just the- yeah. Now... If we go back three years, go back three years, pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Oh! Oh, it's a gift. Yes, it is. It's Liza's birthday gift, which she's going to open in a minute. Thanks, John. Why is it vibrating? If we... (laughs) It's not that kind of gift. If we go back to the one show, when they had it... What was was that very posh place they had it? The posh place. It was at the arena. The arena. Yeah. And they set up the flat track inside the arena. (laughs) Tucked in clay. (laughs) Trucked in clay. And I thought, now that was quite dangerous and quite a small track. Nothing compared to this, <laughs> <laughs> which was wow. about a tenth of the size of it. Yeah, tiny it, little little dirt track. They had trucked in dirt, I think, for that too. Yes. Yeah, because it was basically a parking lot. But that did not stop people riding quite large bikes around there. Yes, large, fast. 
It was fun. It was great. Even so, just the the inter- when they were cleaning up the track, dragging it like with the Zamboni machine. It was oh, like this, was this medieval Scotch rotating Scotch Harrow device <laughs> they were towing behind a tractor. So cool. in in a dirt parking lot in the middle of the whole racetrack at Laguna yeah. Seca, they set up this flat track, which is not any bigger than the barrel racing at AMA Vintage Days. Oh, smaller than that. I would say, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty small. Um, but legit track, legit oh, yeah. racers. To, uh, you had yeah people out there with flags, the whole thing in this tiny track. And what I loved is they just had this fence up, and you could go and stand up against the fence right there at the track. I'm close up a mouthful, yeah, a mouthful of dirt. Of dirt. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. No, it was great because basically they come out of the turn, pin it, and as soon as they pin it, they're off the throttle, punching the rear brake and bringing the rear end around. It was fun though; it was great. It was exciting. Yeah, it was intense, and they and the, the tempo was great. It was like race after race after right. race. It was fun. How yeah. many entries did they get? Oh, a lot, a lot. Yeah, right, a lot, yeah. Yeah. there was probably. I mean, the the most they had on the track at one time were four people. No, but the, well, they had one huge heat. Yeah, it had six. It had to been yeah, yeah, right. Nutso. Yeah, but generally it was yeah. four. I would say there's probably thirty. I would say thirty to fifty. Thirty to fifty entrants, but easily thirty. Yeah. Easily, easily Did they 30 limit the displacement? No. no, no. They had classes, but no, yeah. there were some. There were sportsters out there. There, there were Triumph yeah. Twins out there. Yeah. There were Bull XR one hundred, XR hundreds, everything. The running of the bulls never disappoints, though. <laughs> even on that little thing, that was fun. Um, I'd how, like to ask your guests. Yeah, something. talk talk into the mic though. Well, if somebody might hear me if I do. Yeah. <laughs> May I ask your guest something? Yeah, is it about the armor races? Well, close. Okay. I no. mean, Jane, you're compared to all of us old <clears throat> farts here and not so old farts. You're relatively new to motorcycle. Have you ever been to a motorcycle race? Only this one in this room. No, only a James uh, on the mini bike pulling Henry on a oh, rolling yeah. stool in the parking lot. Oh, right? nice. Yeah, you missed, I missed that. That, <laughs> that was actually. Um, so that was exciting. And I think it was. For me, the most exciting because it was the only race that you could see from start to finish and know who was winning. Because all the other tracks, they disappeared at certain points mm-hmm. and you it was hard to follow and the tracks were so big. Over a hill, around a corner. <clears throat> yeah. Huh. Um, but this, you could just sit there and watch and you're right there on, on the side and... And boy, there was action. There were crashes. Oh, yeah. Well, we're in between the track and like all the pop-up, you know, the pits, which yeah. are just a bunch of pop-ups and trucks and stuff. So as the racers came off the track and they're all bikes are jacked up or they're jacked up, we get to be part of the fun there. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was neat. I, and we saw an exciting crash. Oh, that's right, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, should we comment uh, in detail or? Well, no, I, I'll just say uh, because we it's know a known person. He was a, a friend okay, of ours. Yeah. Uh, so Rich from Moto Talbot Museum. He was on a KTM. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. He's in a turn. We didn't really see what happened because there was a crash. Everyone goes, ooh. And then simultaneously behind that was another crash that everyone oh. was like misdirection, right? Was this the one where he got his leg sucked yes. up into the wheel? Yeah, I saw and that we, one. And we look over and like he's being dragged off of his bike and sucked onto another bike. His foot got pulled in by the wheel and got sucked up under the fender. Yeah, the rear wheel. Oh. Yeah, the rear, oh. rear wheel. wheel pulls your leg up. And oh. up he got there. sucked oh. in by the undertoad. He did. He <laughs> yeah. was... Mm. And uh, because it had a, a fender, it didn't it didn't have like the clearance like mm-hmm. our big dirt bikes do, mm-hmm. and so he they was just dra- lying on the ground with his leg he looked was okay, like it but mangled. They couldn't get it out. I and they know. couldn't get oh, it out. So finally, oh, they were able to unbuckle his boot and pull his boot out, and then yeah. get him unstuck and pulled out, and he was fine. Wow. 
God's sake, save the boot. Yes. Yeah, no, save the boot. Save the boot. Save that could have been his first race. That was his first race ever, as a matter <laughs> yeah. of fact. He'd never raced before. Oh, he was balls. Well, yeah, Moto, yeah, Moto America could learn a lot from Arma as far as uh, audience oh, yeah. or oh, yeah. involvement is concerned. <clears throat> I agree. Because when you go to an Arma race, you're much more involved with the riders, the racers. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. The race like that you're talking about here i've been to various armor races with other things like that slow races anything Mm -hmm. so it's an involvement thing that i really like that's cool yeah Yeah. did you see his second crash and what was the second one i know he hit the ground hard he was in a turn and a guy was trying to take him on the inside and that guy's it looked like his handlebars got hung up on his seat on the inside of the turn so all he could i think felt was the contact but he's battling hard so he's still on the throttle dragging this other motorcycle <laughs> the other guy's just stuck there getting pulled <laughs> and then he realized that it rolled off the throttle and then kind of high-sided but then everything just went bad after that and the motorcycles just kind of mm-hmm. piled up on him this is the same dude yeah it was yeah. his third race so he was yet to finish yeah. a race but the victory is his fourth race he did he did get a finish yeah <laughs> Um, so it was racing. just exciting. It was fun. exciting though. He wow. was charging. He was jazz too. And then you had vendors and good food and lots of old friends and Pacific Motorcycle Training and conducting classes yep. in the parking lot and just basically just a good time and everyone just having fun. But the downside or the surprise for me is that it was poorly attended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is not official information, but we heard from somebody who said, yeah, we were told not to expect a lot of people. They only sold 500 tickets. Wow. Whoa. Do you I, think, how much does Moto America, you think, have to do with that? We talked about that earlier, the back-to-back I racing. I don't know. I've never been to a heavily attended armor race. Yeah. But <clears throat> on the other hand, I've been to armor races with a hell of a lot of entries. Usually the crowd That's amounts true. to friends and family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. There, I mean, there was a lot of people there who were um, participating or, you know, vendors or racing or mm-hmm. press or whatever, but not enough people to really appreciate what a well-organized mm-hmm. event and how much fun it was mm-hmm. yeah. is what I There was I, so much I action. I mean, I mean, we enjoyed Moto America, right? But, but as far as like an enjoyment, just having fun, this was so much better because there was so much different racing, you know, all over the place. So, mm-hmm. in short, if... You have the opportunity in your neck of the woods to go to an armor race. Oh, yeah. Do it. Oh, yeah. You will have more fun and have more close by experience than you ever thought possible. And if people don't really start attending these things, it might go away, which would be... A damn shame because it's one of my favorite forms of racing. I I mean, seeing 60 and 70 year old bikes being piloted by 60 and 70 year old guys and women hard. I mean, they're not messing about. It's wonderful. I yeah. mean, they sound different. And they the, go around the track differently. There was one race here he was in. I think it was race 13. He said there were 40 people in the race. Yes. That's oh. wild. Oh. I mean, it's so fun to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, just all sorts of different classes, right? And I don't think Arma's going to go away because old bikes don't go away. And in fact, mm. every year there's new bikes being added to the pool, right? But it's may go away from our track because our track is very expensive right to of course mm-hmm. um if you go to ahrma.org you can find out they've got northeast region great lakes heartland region northwest mid-atlantic they've got it all over the country who's the guy with the beard the racer that um, dave 
Yeah. Oh, Dave Roper. Dave. Dave all, Roper. all you got to know is Dave Roper just got a new pair of racing leather. Yeah. Dave. So that's another. You got another <laughs> yeah, thirty got years. Dave at least. Roper, who's in his eighties, uh, yeah. who's the only American ever win at Isle of Man, and he's still out there wow. racing. Mm-hmm. But it isn't just wow. him. The man who beat him. Walt Fulton. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot of motorcycle racing. There's a Daytona winner there. And Walt and uh, Dave, every armor race, they are that class. Yeah. They both ride uh, 350 Ermakis. Yeah. And, and they're beautiful. Yeah. They turned out bikes. In, I was looking at those bikes in the pits, and they're just glorious. They're black and orange, very traditional colors, just absolutely perfect. This is a couple of the nicest turned out bikes there. So I think um, on behalf of all of us, I'd like to say thank you to yes, Arma yeah, absolutely. And, Laguna, and Laguna Seca for putting on such a great event and for having us there. Um, I hope that other people check out Arma Racing near them. Sidecars. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. And yeah, we didn't even get to see Trials. That was yeah. today. No. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's just a really great yeah. Well, we run the garage event. on Sundays. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. there's enough talking about Arma. Yeah. I have a gift for you. <gasps> and I insist. I have no idea what it is. Lying liar. <laughs> <on> fire. <laughs> However, it was bought with um, a great deal of heart. And so you must describe yeah. the wrapping. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, this reminds me. I have a card in the garage that you brought me that I forgot. Jim, you brought me a card. Oh, that was me. In the gar- oh you. John, so. do I need to? <laughs> no, it's yeah, Okay. Thank you. Um, it says, happy birthday, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And it's, no, it's got a bow and everything. Oh, yeah. No. This was the real gift that you took the time to wrap it. So I believe I know what's inside. Is it Benelli? I'm trying to remember well, now. Well, you you've forgotten how cool remember. it is. I know. Oh, it's I okay. Well, I, I will explain. It is. Oh, it is. Oh, it's already put together. It is a toy motorcycle. That is a new Benelli 1130 sport bike. Wow. Very in nice. traditional Benelli colors, which is green and silver. And it's a darling little thing. It is made by Maisto in one twelfth scale and will add to her collection. Add to the thousand that are in here. <laughs> yeah. um, but here's the story behind this. So I mentioned, I think I mentioned last week that I spent a lot of money on toy that's relative you know a lot motorcycles <laughs> how much did you, you spend Liza? you know what i didn't tell you so here's the thing in though. british pounds so there was a vendor there that had toy motorcycles and i you know i have a bunch of them so i was kind of going through and picking out a few here and there and yes. then emma's like oh you should get that oh you should get that she just like just, I'm, I'm, I'm oh yeah you need that i was enjoying watching her spend and these are not cheap and bikes. she was enjoying it. i know, well, you, you know they're, it's, they're, it's a win all around she said to the guy well how much do you want for that and he says oh it's got to be 200 and i said to Liza, oh you should buy that didn't <laughs> you start rooting around in his boxes and stuff oh she yeah, was rooting yeah. around in his shorts yeah well actually emma one of the bikes that i paid 200 for i did research and found them uh for 70 dollars on ebay oh, and plenty no. of them oh. But then one of the oh. other bikes that I paid 200 for, I found going for like three three something on eBay. Oh. So I'm like, oh. When does when it lose this? That worked out. So the one I didn't think was as collectible oh. was. Uh, so she kept saying, oh, yeah, you need that. You need that. I'm like, I got enough. I'm good. She holds up one more and goes, but you need this. I said, you need to get it for my birthday. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's why I knew what it was because I was like. 
all right, I'm going to throw this back on you. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. So thank you very much. No, no, you're very it's almost as nice as what I got. Because you're right. I don't have one of these. You mean those stale yet. chips you got her? No, the other gift I got. Scott, I'm going to toss it to you, and not, you're going to put it right there on an empty spot. Ready? They're Go. not stale. They're chewy. No, I got her a better gift besides the stale. <laughs> a better gift. Because oh, you know the stale nut bar. The pecan roll. The pecan oh. roll. So, I mean, the truth is, as much as me and Liza get on each other's nerves, and believe me, I know exactly how to push her buttons, and she knows exactly how to push mine. We are actually quite fond of each other in a sort of passive-aggressive sort of way. So, no, I'm happy to get... Yeah, exactly. It's a cool gift. Can I see it? Where is it? It's on the shelf. It's on the shelf. Can you you pass it over? Traditional Benelli colors. What does the the green have a green other than Benelli green? Is it like forest, ancient hunting? No, it's Benelli green's the green of the Italian flag. And is this this Chinese Benelli green? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is a beautiful motorcycle. No, it's Mm -hmm. absolutely darling, isn't it? And I, I haven't seen one of those in the wild. It's a tornado. I, and I weed in the airbox, and I'll give you 300 bucks for it, because you've got a rodent problem, mate. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my So um, let's get to our guests and why they're here. Yes. So um, we have three Because they're asking themselves, now. why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, what we the hell? That we could have been having clam chowder on the wharf right so now. So we have three. Reg is here because he knows he can drop by anytime. <laughs> We're staying at Reg's house. Oh, oh there it is. Oh. Perfect. Like, I came here to protect her. Yeah. I sent a text to Reg, like, Reg, you need to get here right now. So he came down. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah. He knows he can come by anytime. Um, but actually, Scott, he sent me an email. Oh, well, it's been a couple months now, right? About then, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, hey, have you heard of this author who wrote this book called Spirit Traffic? It's really great. You should, she's got a great story. You should have her as mm-hmm. a guest. And what you guys don't know is I said, that's great, but I don't read books. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like reading. I'm too ADD. So I don't want to invite someone to be a guest if I don't know the questions to ask them. But Scott, you read it. You loved it. You can come down and you can lead the interview because there's a great story here. and We're all eager to hear it. And you kind of told me the fine points and it sounds pretty fascinating. So let's get to Jane and John. Are you just tagging along? Are you just support crew? I'm support. I'm husband, as my tagline says on the email. Uh, the tour, tour manager, manager right? slash husband. That's All my right, job. Mr. Jane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Jane, you did a thing and you wrote about it, and now you're doing another thing. Yes, I have to tell you before I even begin, you can get the audio book. I know, he recommended that. <laughs> oh, they're awesome, because if your eyes get tired, like mine do, I love yeah. audiobooks. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. No, I I appreciate authors, um, and I have many friends who are, in, including Reg, and I love to support their stories, but I love even better that uh, Scott, who's a friend of ours, was already like passionate about it. Like, this is great. Like, <laughs> great. Come help tell the story. So um, let's get to the, the how and why. Scott, do you have a first question? I just wanted to preface a little bit what I really liked about yeah. the book. I've read a lot of stuff, and we've read Elspeth Beard. Of course, is Helga Pedersen, Ten Years on Two Wheels. There's Ted Simon, Jupiter's Travels. <clears throat> and all of those books are really different than Jane's book. And so the title of it, Spirit Traffic, A Mother's Journey of Self-Discovery and Letting Go, 
um, it's just a really different kind of story, and I like that. There's not a whole lot of uh, there's not all the bravado and the you know the whole round the world kind of thing. It's a different kind of thing. So, uh, saying that, you have a question. I have a question for you, Scott. How did you come to learn about this book? I learned about it from uh, one of my friends at Airhead Beamers Club. Mm. Who put it out on the email list? So it's already being passed around. Oh, yeah, that's a good sign. We were yeah. talking about this out out in the garage, the motorcycling. This is universe of all these overlapping communities, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm in the process now of joining Oakland Motorcycle Club, yeah. and that's another story. And is this your first book? It is. <gasps> that's even cooler. <laughs> there are a lot of moto authors, and we know many of them, and it is a very cool, cool club. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of people well, with, great, with great stories. There's there's a lot, a lot of questions, but one would be like, how long have you thought about writing? Like, have you always been attracted to either reading and writing? Have you written? Have you played around with writing, or did you just be like, I'm going to process this shit and write a book? I've always writing has always been some important aspect of everything I do. Even when I had a welding shop, <laughs> I did some writing for a sculptor I was working for. I. I wrote some promotional material for the World Sculpture Project that she did. So there's writing has always been an important aspect of just about anything I do. So it was a natural progression. Is yeah, yeah. interesting. Well, yeah. let's get first of all. You did mention something pretty cool that your mom had a motorcycle shop. Yes. when you're young. Now you know there's a saying we say in, in Pakistan about education. You know, um, an educated boy makes an educated man, an educated girl makes an educated family. And the same thing applies to motorcycling. When a woman rides, it's more likely that the kids in the family mm. will, will ride as well and make more riders. So you you had it in your genes, yeah? Maybe so. When, when I was little, my mom had a motorcycle shop, Honda of Van Arbor, and... Um, my sister and I rode as little kids, and then when I was in fourth grade, mom sold the shop, and so I didn't ride for 40 years, which is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I came back to the bike when I was 50. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. Now, John, were you the bad influence? Not at all. Oh. Uh, our son, <laughs> Emmett, was, you know, like all... I don't know, young boys, maybe young girls, maybe young everything, uh, saw motorcycles when he was like in high school and be like, mm-hmm. there's a motorcycle, CBR, you guys. Yep. And so we were like, I just like, I just kind of registered that. And so when he was graduating from college, like the year before, I was like, hey man, how about we just buy motorcycles and travel across the country and back? And he was like, yeah, whatever. Sure, that sounds fun. <laughs> so wait, none of you were no. riders at that time? No. no. All right, so who's crazy idea? Who's crazier, the one who came up with the idea or the others who said, yeah? That's a great question. It's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the acquiescence is is crazier, perhaps. I don't know. I think it's equally crazy. It was John's idea. He said, why don't we get get these bikes, three bikes for the three of us, and ride across the country before... This was after Emmett graduated from college mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. before he moved on to his life. He's so, a man. So this was a congratulations, we're done? 
kind of event. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind yes. of the letting go in the title, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the yeah. letting go. Did you, yeah. did you did, ditch him in a parking lot? Like, <laughs> he woke up, he's like, hey, is it time for breakfast? And you're already... Uh, I think it was almost the opposite from what you described in the book. Yeah. All right, so your son's graduating, mm-hmm. and you guys decide, let's go right across country. How long were you uh, giving yourselves to do this family adventure? We were on the road for seven weeks. Okay, so that's, yeah. that's uh, yeah, you're really going for an adventure. Yeah, 10,000 miles. So what, what was your first, when you guys decided that, like the first bike you went out and bought was the BMW or? Yes, BMW right 650 GS. Not the first bike people would choose right. for cross country. Yeah, but it's a Funduro, isn't it? Yeah. Ain't it? Did you do like family fun. training for all three of you? Or you just like jumped on it and went for it? Yes. Let's get back to the thought process of your choice of bike. Yeah. And I'm not saying for a moment it's it's a bad choice, but the F six fifty is not a bike that immediately pops to the forefront of people's minds. Yeah. Well, so what was your thought process to choose that bike? Buying three of them. Yeah, I was yeah. going to get like, three of the same bikes, so you're yeah, sharing yeah, all makes, the tools yeah. and parts. Yeah, yeah it's the difference mm-hmm. between buying, spending $40,000 on three bikes or we spent $15,000 on three bikes. But why you know? why yeah. the BMW and not say a KLR 650 yeah, Kawasaki? Exactly. We looked at those, and it's just like, I don't know, it just seems cooler. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you are correct, sir. It hurts my heart. It just Thank hurts you my very heart. Much. You are correct. <laughs> because I they, beg to differ, Jim. They are, they are very interesting bikes. They well, really are. You know what I like about the bikes they chose? I, I wouldn't have chosen that bike. And maybe the reason I wouldn't have chosen that bike is because I think I know too much. Mm-hmm. We get so influenced by marketing. This is a touring bike. This is right. a sport bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've seen in your travels in Pakistan, mm-hmm. you've seen sport bikes ride extensively yeah. off-road. Your friend, the scooters. Yeah, Pakistan. I know yeah. one guy went across country in a Honda 50. So the yeah. point being, who says yeah. what is a cross-country right. bike? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I got a farkled-out bike, which it doesn't do much more than their <laughs> yeah. 650 does. So, you know, what right. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and, no, and I mean, you're absolutely right, because we fall into this trap of this does this, this does this. Mm-hmm. When I was 17... I rode my Kawasaki 250. It was a very good year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were shoveling coal into but, that. Yeah. But the point is, <laughs> I rode a two-stroke Kawasaki 250 all, all over the country. You know, it's completely unsuitable. But, the, you know, we didn't think of, oh, this isn't the right bike for the job. Exactly. I mean, you know, touring bikes, Honda, you know, Goldwings and stuff like that, or BMWs, they were out of our price range. We couldn't even think mm-hmm. about affording yeah. them. So they, they, they weren't even anything to be thought of. So you, you just rode what you had or what you could afford. And oh. mine was a beat-up old Kawasaki 252-stroke. I rode and that we've thing all everywhere. S- we've all seen a BMW GS that hasn't gone out of the zip code. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... It's a good image. <laughs> Looks really cool in front of Starbucks. You ride the motorcycle, and what the hell? The brand, the size, just is irrelevant. Yeah. I yeah, think. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the planned route. Where are you starting and ending, and what are some of the highlights you're going to hit? You mean the route, Eliza? Yes, the 2015 route. You mean the original? Yeah, the, the original route. Schedule. 
the schedule. <laughs> for right the on schedule. We schedule left from Vermont. Mm-hmm. We went through New York State. Our first sort of big destination was Colorado Springs, where John's brother lives. Um, oh, nice. From to New York and then Colorado Springs. They're not near there each other. There were some things. In, <laughs> there's that some was things a problem. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's a nice ride. There, it's longer than we thought. It's really fast. <laughs> um, there were a lot of places in between. For example, Illinois, yeah. a flyover state, was beautiful. We had a wonderful time. And I loved the contours and the smell and the, you know, the sensation of the road in Illinois. So you took the northern route? Yes, northern-ish, but we mm-hmm. did end up going through Death Valley, which isn't exactly northern. But then we, when we came to California, we were above San Francisco because at the time I was absolutely terrified of riding <laughs> in a city. With hills. <laughs> With yeah. hills. Yeah. Oh, when I have you, a whole uh, chapter on the uphill start. Oh, yeah. and, when when did you, I'm sorry? When did you start? What time of year? So what time of year did you leave? And when were you heading through Colorado and Death Valley? <laughs> Death Valley, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. May we left May 12th. Ooh. It sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And in there was snow in Colorado, mm-hmm. and in Death Valley, we rode into Death Valley at sunset and rode out <sighs> at sunrise. And oh man, it was hot, yeah. as you can imagine. Mm. So when was that? Mid June we were it's in Death Valley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's toasty. Yeah, it was yeah. toasty. Yeah. All right, so you had seven weeks. So you so you basically went from Vermont, California, and back, and just zigzagging around the whole way. Mm-hmm. National parks. When did the first thing go wrong? It was raining. <laughs> day I, one. Day <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> well, it, I was terrified of my dirt driveway at home, which is very steep and gravelly and slippery in the rain and i had completely no experience riding in the rain and it rained every day for the first two weeks oh wow oh man yeah Yeah, a little bit of rain each day sometimes a lot of rain so that that'll get you used to it so (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so uh, so did something go wrong or was it just not ideal uh situation what, I'm trying to think of what w- went wrong. Did you make it out of the driveway the first time? I did. Good okay, job. that went good. <laughs> yes. That went yeah, right. I, I, a lot of things went right. Um, one, th- it's hard to say what went wrong. I don't think, I don't think nothing, anything. Really, nothing mechanical went wrong. It's yeah. more emotional yeah. things that sort of went south. And the physical discomfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny. Somebody asked me recently at one of the readings I did, "What was your contingency plan?" <laughs> and I thought, I just. I don't have a contingency plan. I'm just going to do the thing. And if mm-hmm. something changes, then I'm going to do that thing. So what went wrong? I, I guess nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong. All right. And How's that? And actually, Somebody perfect. knock wood. <laughs> yes. That's a great Thank way. You. That's a great way to approach something. Because if, if you look at something as a whole, human nature being what it is, you always think, oh, you know, it's it's too much to take on, and we we talk ourselves out of things. And so, if if you oh, I don't have a plan. We're just going to see what happens. Sometimes you have the greatest adventure yeah. by not having a plan, and then you have no expectations. So everything's just joyful and new and wonderful. So uh, I have another question. So in the plan, are you camping? Are you staying at hotels? Are you staying at friends' houses? There was no plan. 
<laughs> we already talked about this lighter. Oh, you've got a mixture. Yeah, day, day one, we were like, well... We need to buy a tent, I guess. No, we didn't. No, we, 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 we bought had camping a tent. Gear. Yeah. <laughs> we planned so to camp, camp the whole time. Camp. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. So you're setting off. One more question, Jim. Um, Wait, two weeks of rain to start out? And did you camp or did you hotel it during the rain? We camped a lot. We Ooh. camped a lot. Oh, that's but hardcore. The, the first night we hoteled it. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we were just soggy. It was ridiculous. So yeah. I'm just curious because none of you have really done extensive writing. Who was the first person who broke down who had to buy some sort of accessory for their bike, like a seat pad or a, or a throttle rocker or something? Was it, Did that happen? No. No. Wow, so you guys had it all sorted out? Well, that's why we or chose you just did the BMWs. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. I noted one had a taller windscreen. Yeah, that's, yeah just I came would be way. the lucky one. Just came that just way. Came that's that right. way. Is that yours? Yeah. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John, you wrote early that your uh, your bike had a Corbin on it. I mean, Jane, Jane you yes. wrote it. But yes. Did all three have Corbins? No, no. My bike came with the, you know, the factory BMW the bike, and the Corbin saddle was this extra treat on the side. I bought this bike used from an engineer in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and he just threw in the Corbin saddle, no, no. which was beautiful. But wider yeah. than yeah. the BMW seat, so mm-hmm. I really couldn't touch the ground on the Corbin mm. using the Corbin saddle. But it was beautiful, so I wanted to try. Okay, but I didn't use it for the trip. Well, while you're here, just ride over to the factory in Hollister. Yeah. They'll take yeah. the upholstery Shave off and shape it for you, <laughs> yeah. and then you can get it customized. Ride it back well, out. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Something oh, else that occurred to me as we were talking before this trip: Did you read? Ted Simon, Jupiter's Travels, or Helga Pedersen, any of these around the world, do any you know, that kind of study about, okay. After. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because you, you immediately knew who Elspeth Beard was, mm-hmm. but I oh, guess you, you, you read Elspeth's story after you'd done your trip. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, well, it's sort of, here's an analogy. A lot of people have been saying, oh, you should test ride this bike, or you right. should test ride mm-hmm. that bike, and it's like, no. I'm not going to fall in love with another motorcycle before I'm going on a 10,000-mile trip on my 650. Mm -hmm. I can do that later, but, you know, I wanted to have my adventure not colored by Elsbeth Beard, as lovely as she is, or uh, Melissa Holbrook Pearson. Mm -hmm. Um, So I read them after. Right. Because that's their story. You have an authentic experience because it's yours the first time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm curious, the dynamic, though, riding with your son. So how was that? Was was he like, did he fall in line? You're a perfect family unit. Did he want to go faster? Did he want to do different things? He wanted to go faster. Yeah. (laughs) It It took me the whole continent to get up to the speed limit. <laughs> so Emmett would fall way the hell back and then race up so that he could have the experience of going fast. So, so going fast, riding AKA, the pace. Yeah. It's riding the pace. Riding the pace. And yeah. did you guys do interstates or, or secondary roads? Secondary, secondary roads. Secondary roads. So there's somebody I did read before we went on this trip, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Least Heat Moon Blue Highways. Mm-hmm. So we stuck to the blue highways, the, you know, county roads. That's cool. So I'm curious. I mean, the traveling stuff is interesting and all that, but really kind of piques my interest is, is just the title of the book, right? Spirit Traffic, A Mother's Journey to Self-Discovery and Letting Go. So there's a few questions in there. When did you know you had a title for the book, right? Like, like what does the title mean? And then what's the whole deeper meaning here, right? Not, Mm -hmm. Not to steal the thunder of the book, but I'm curious. Yeah, that's fine. 
the first of all, I didn't know I was going to write a book until we got back. And I write anyway. I write resumes and I write newsletters and, you know, I'm a freelance writer. So when I sat down at my computer after this 10,000-mile trip, I just wrote about the trip every day, a few hours a day for six months. And then I had 60,000 words, and it was like, whoa, check this out. This is a book. So I got terrified of the book Mm -hmm. and ran away from it for five years. Wow. Yeah. And then I finally finished it um, pretty recently. This started as a project for like a more of a journal, a more project for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That and part and, of, yeah. and can I guess a little? I think part of the letting go is children. Children grow up and move on with their lives. If you're successful, and they if do. You, if you're successful, <laughs> but but and and Jim here, I ne- I've never had children. You know, life has had other plans for me. But Jim's got two great yeah, kids. Ditched them both at were, the hotel. We're great. <laughs> <laughs> who were both um, pretty much grown up and doing their own thing now. But that, as as your child, who I'm sure you remember as just the tiniest little thing that yeah. requires all your attention and input, they grow up, they move on, and that requires an adjustment for you as well. And they leave this huge void. Yeah. And you have to move on from that. And, you know, some parents never do. I'm sure, you know, my mom still thinks of me as being this tiny kid. You know, mm. she still worries about me. <laughs> oh, it's sure. Really. I think She's, that... When are you going to stop riding those nasty motorbikes, Emma? <laughs> you know? Um, it's a phase. It's a, yeah, <laughs> she'll grow out of it. Um, so, Jane, you, you mentioned it, so the titling. The, sorry. Oh, oh, so... Yeah, I'm curious. Back, back yeah, to yeah, the yeah. title. So spirit traffic has to do with riding in the Navajo Nation. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever Mm -hmm. ridden out there, you know from experience that you can feel a sense of history of that place. Unlike other places in the country, it's like, wow. The desert desert southwest is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So when we rode into... The Navajo Nation, we were riding into a headwind, and it wasn't just wind. It felt like it felt like we were riding into spirits. Right. And there was this traffic of spirits that we were riding through. And the well, here's an example of one of the spirits. As we we rode over Buffalo Pass, and it's beautiful and twisties and you know, really spectacular. And being a new rider, it was really hard to focus on the road and all the beauty everywhere, and I have to take a picture, and oh my God. And I'm riding along, and I look over, and there is an Indian on a a person on a horse. with The man has long black hair, and he's riding this horse, and this horse is like dodging around the sagebrush and kicking up dust. And I can't even believe it. I'm so excited to see this person. And I, I wave, hi, <laughs> hi, and he waves back. And I'm just so excited. And when we all, John Emmett and I, stopped to drink water and, you know, we stopped periodically, I said, did you guys see him? And they were like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so did, did they experience, did John and Emmett experience the spirit traffic in some other way? That's a great question. 
when Emmett read the book, he said to me, oh, that's what was happening. So I don't know what John's experience of the spirit traffic was. Well, there's definitely this feeling going into the Navajo Nation that you're very much going somewhere else. You're no longer like in the United States, you're in some other mm-hmm. realm. It, it totally has that feeling. I didn't come up with the thing spirit traffic, but it but it really captures that like, wow, there's some sort of energy here that's different. Do you think some of that might have been a metaphor for Emmett's graduation and pending moving out of the home, the family home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's Yeah, well, that's where I was going with it. You know, that's the moving on part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Emmett your only child? Yes. Yeah. I, I only have one is child, he, too. Is he it, still your only child? Yeah, my only. <laughs> that's my only. A, I, so I know that transition. That's a difficult a transition. When, when Sam left our house, it was like ripping part of our heart out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But then when they come back, it's, <laughs> it's like, why are you here? <laughs> no, 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 no. Go back, go back. Don't let the door get in the couch. on the way out. Yeah. So I have a question for you. So a journey like this, you, you have to have, experience some, some growth in some way from it. Mm. I'm curious for you two, what growth, personal growth you experienced and what Emmett's personal growth was? Because it seems yeah. like you might have been on different journeys even though you were all together. Yes, that's a great that's a great point. I think we were on entirely different journeys mm-hmm. together. And my personal journey had to do with facing fear because I was afraid of this big giant F650 mm-hmm. and learning how to ride, you know, I fear was a big, you know, I was riding two up, fear on the back. Fear pillion. And um so doing this trip anyway was a great learning experience for me. And then writing the book was a big experience for me too because I thought, I'm going to write this book and I'll be badass and I'll be so cool. And it turns out, actually, I am vulnerable. And I the book is basically about embracing vulnerability. I thought it was going to be a badass motorcycle journey but um, I've read I've read a lot of those already. Yeah. And that's why you're so refreshing. <laughs> this is not a badass motorcycle yeah. book. Yeah. Did you find that? Wait. Oop. Oh, we're Oop. not done with that though. Okay. I said, what was Emmett's uh, growth? What is mm-hmm. was his journey? That's a good one. He well, this is a huge journey. This when you're done with college, what do you do next? So during this period of you know these seven weeks together he was i'm sure figuring out what the next thing is you know becoming a man having your own starting to pay your right. uh, tuition yeah, fees yeah, oh, yeah. and you know that student loan repayment that kind of stuff so um i think it was a big journey for him into adulthood for sure well and he'd never really seen the west like i'm from wyoming and so i knew the West, and I wanted him to the see it because spaces. he's like from Vermont. He was living in Massachusetts, and I'm like, "There's more to life, you know." And so now he lives in Montana. Mm-hmm. Like he moved to Montana, and it's like, yes, like that was for me. Like nothing is greater than him moving right. out here. Actually, I, know, I was going to ask. So what's he up to now? I mean, he still likes bikes, obviously. He still likes bikes. He is a bartender in Missoula, Montana, <laughs> and he is. Nice rebuilding 
1972 CL. Does he, cool. does he know that won't go faster than the 650? <laughs> I hope he knows that. <laughs> and the, the beautiful irony of him rebuilding this Honda is that when I was a little kid, the 354 was my mom's bike. So yeah. it's like, yeah. dude, you're cool and a, and a hipster building your grandma's bike. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's very cool. Well, we have a friend in Montana, Emma. Where's uh, Mike Beck? Where's what's uh, for him? Mike Beck is in Manhattan, which is a uh, tiny town, um, basically not far. He's about 30 miles outside Bozeman. Okay. And he likes it there because he's close enough to Bozeman that he can do all his gigs. And, you know, Bozeman's a very jumping little town. Um, but Manhattan is like... <laughs> not far enough away from people. There is nothing there. I think there's there's... <laughs> He lives next door to a factory that makes wooden duck decoys. So that's <laughs> right. That's very Midwestern. So I, I to, if I can get back to the, you described that you and, and Emmett and John were almost on three parallel journeys where you're physically together but experiencing things very different mentally mm-hmm. or emotionally. Uh, now I got a, a seventeen, a, pardon, a nineteen and a twenty-one year old, and they both oh. said, you know, like we were talking about outside the garage, you know, screw car license. I want to get a motorcycle license. You forgot first. he was nineteen. Now <laughs> you have <laughs> not adjusted your mind yet. It keeps <laughs> changing. It, yeah. it keeps changing. So. No, but I think it's a perfect example. You still think of them as kids. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. So what I'm thinking about though is, for mine at least, the one thing I can still really connect to with them on is motorcycling. Oh, that's mm. nice. And. I'm just curious about your experience with that, with Emmett, what the relationship was like before the trip and if the motorcycles really brought you a new language to talk as a family. I, I know exactly what the relationship was like. Did you hang up the bath towel, Emmett? Did you clean your, <laughs> did you hang up the bath towel now, Emmett? Why do you have to leave your socks everywhere? Did you yeah, take a shower? Remember to take a shower. Why Emmett? haven't you hung up the bath towel yet, <laughs> Emmett? You're, you're replicating my, my family of origin here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, well, we're on this book tour on the bikes and we miss him, and we're texting him mm-hmm. pictures, and he's like, oh, I wish I was with you guys, because we do have this new language. And we've also, we've done other things together as a family, mm-hmm. kayaking, for example. Yeah. But the the motorcycle trip, we had to take care of each other in ways that we didn't before. Right. And the John tended to ride lead, and Emmett rode sweep, which was wonderful for me because I was being taken care of by my family. But the we all took care of each other on the road right. in a way that's different than, you know, in the laundry room Under the or roof doing or... the dishes or that kind of and stuff. The, and that's a great analogy for biking as a whole. I mean, if, if, if you think about this giant soap opera of motorcycles and this, this just this room that we've got now, we have people from wildly different backgrounds here. Mm-hmm. And yet we all share this thing in common, this love mm-hmm. of motorcycles. And really, if, if you truly love bikes, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what you do for a living. None of that matters. It's just this, this visceral love of motorbikes. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a habit of doing that. It's funny, isn't it? This, this generational connection, I'm just, this just occurred to me. Do you think that Emmett thinks of you the way that you think of your mom in the motorcycle involvement? Oh, that's, that's a nice question. Um, I really don't know. I, I, it's, 
I'm, it sort of puts me on the spot because I'll have to say nice things about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. A motorcycle dealer. No, I don't think. I really don't know if if he thinks of me the way I think of mom. That's that's a funny question. I'll have to think about that one. A level, a certain level of badassery, maybe. Well, maybe, sure. maybe that. Yeah. So one thing that I love about hearing the story, and I know this is the book, is really I think about your your you know story but what i'm loving just not even knowing emmett is knowing that time in his life you've uh, there's three things i've heard said that are i think are just building him into being a better man one doing a trip like this tells you you could probably do anything you know it Mm -hmm. really instills confidence in somebody yeah the things that you know you need to overcome and, and, and endure and then two when he's rebuilding this bike it's like there it's already happening he's like got this confidence yeah i can do this but the third thing that i think is really most relevant is this family will always have that Mm -hmm. that this just really not that you weren't a solid family but you guys have all shared a an experience that you will always have Mm -hmm. um and so i think that's a great dynamic i mean maybe more families should be doing this well, I'm thinking about that with my son, with, with you know, yeah. Ben. He's like working yeah. at Starbucks, he's 19, and so we need to take a, a road trip together up the yeah. coast or something. Before well, he's too much older. Yeah, yeah and one, one thing that you said a couple of times is, is you talked about as he becomes a man, right? Because I think that's important, not man necessarily, but become a functioning adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's nice, and, and, and we don't have some of these customs or traditions that used to exist in our society, right? Mm-hmm. So to be able to have something like that to kind of signal you know, hey, all right, you know, we're going to, no no free meals anymore, you know, time to get on. It sounded like he has, so well, and I thought that was neat. You know, and I'd say timing is everything. Like, we were like, we're going to do this trip, and we're going to do it again, and it's going to be great, and in my mind, it's like, the three of us are going to go on this on this <laughs> get in the book band tour, get the band together, get the band. and Emmett's like, yeah, I don't really have time, yeah. you know, I don't oh. even have a weekend, you know, so yeah. we thought he'd come and like, join us in California or something, but we're going to where he is and he's like going to hang out with us for a day. Maybe he'll borrow somebody's bike, but it's like timing is everything. And that was like the one time that was possible. Great. You know? at, the, yeah. at the end, of, when you hit California, he, he met up with some friends out here and he changed the plan for him back. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're painting the picture that this is all just a perfect and lovely trip. <laughs> I want to get into some of the dirt. This is always dirt. First of all, were there any, breakdowns or crashes that you had to deal with there everybody dropped their bike at one point Mm -hmm. um there weren't any crashes one one chapter in the book is called monumental assholes (laughs) and this is what happened in monument valley Valley? okay Okay, yeah yeah. Yeah. Hmm. and um there we had a couple of really big fights everybody in tears kind of thing Mm -hmm. but um we recovered, and one of the things that happened on this trip that I think is, this is great advice for any family. When someone is an asshole and behaves poorly, you can't give them any grief about it for at least 12 hours. <coughs> so that was one of the rules on huh. the on the trip that became really funny. Like a cooling off period, huh? Yeah, so you have the 12-hour <laughs> cooling off period, 
and then the zinger. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been percolating on it all day. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. So that's you, awesome. It's like looking at your watch. Okay, zing. <laughs> and then by that time, everybody is, you know, it has a good that's sense great. of humor I, about I'm, it. I'm trying to recall, Jane, in that chapter, Monumental Assholes, you made a reference to the hemorrhoids experience, too. <laughs> <laughs> the, that was its own chapter. Yeah. There, there, <laughs> experience. <laughs> One of the people in our motorcycle club got hemorrhoids. And the so Amos, instead of Anus, became a member of the Free Rangers Motorcycle Club. That's our motorcycle club. So there's a chapter about Amos, which... Famous Amos's anus in the in the what was it motorcycle club? <laughs> free free, range. free, free range motorcycle. Oh, the yeah. Three, yeah. The three, three rangers. rangers. Yeah, yeah. It's like your band name. That you're on a similar trip, except two motorcycles. Have you done anything significantly different? Did you change anything this from what you learned on your first trip? Um, we're staying with. We're staying with people and meeting many more people mm-hmm. on this trip. And it's very intentional because it's a book tour and we're promoting the book. But also, I've learned to ride on the interstate every once in a while mm-hmm. without terror. There's still some fear there, but I can do it. I can ride the speed limit. I'm super proud of myself <laughs> about that. Um, Wait, what's the fastest you've gotten up to? 70 miles an hour. That was a special speed for you. There's a chapter. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Buy the book. My wife liked that chapter. That, that's funny. It's, yeah. I'll, I'll say that at at some point during the during the spirit traffic journey, I discovered I was riding on a giant vibrator. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, you were oh, quite graphic here. in your book about yeah. that. <laughs> I recall that chapter. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big how single. Long, how long did you keep that secret to yourself? You're like, Ooh. oh, I didn't know about it until I read the book. And you, sold like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you just sold another 500 books. Yeah. <laughs> poor poor <laughs> Emmett, when he read the book, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah the, I don't want to know this Happy about my knowing. mother. Happy not yeah. that, that's part of growing up, too, is recognizing <laughs> your parents are fully human. Yeah. 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 It's great. So, and did you have to um, you know, change your route plan? Was there anything? There was... Everything went well. This Any is what livestock? I can't believe. You Any didn't animal, lo- animal stories? lose luggage or like everything went Any well. Cows? This is not. It was this a, is yeah. not a book worthy story. Come it's on, be yeah. cows. what, what went psychology. wrong? That, what I really I liked the psychology of the family uh, and how yeah. you explained it over the yeah, journey. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. and I'm curious. So you described a lot of physical discomfort with extreme heat, with the long days, sometimes not extreme mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what has resonated this time around during your book tour the most with your audience um, from the book. What's resonated with the audience? That's a great... Well, people... I'm 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 speechless. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think what resonated the most is that what you said that it's not an everyday motorcycle book. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. like it's just like another some guy who leaves his family behind and does something that nobody else can do. And aren't I amazing? And this is exactly the opposite of that. And I think that's what people like about it. It's like oh, I can relate to this. I'm just a person. That you know? makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. talk about these guys on the big GS bikes who you met out in the desert at some hotel when you're you know, drawing your oh, underwear yeah. on the motorcycle. Yeah. And these guys just gleefully leave their family behind and go ripping off into the desert on these big ADV bikes. Right. 
And now we know why. Because they're leaving the family behind. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Curing the dynamic, yeah. About the book was, I referred to it as the anti-heroic aspect. Mm-hmm. We've all read the travel books. Some of yeah. us have written some of this. And we often portray ourselves in a heroic role, right. consciously or unconsciously. Your book, you were so vulnerable and your feelings were laid out like I've never read in a motorcycle book before. Right. At the same time, this is what made her journey heroic. Because oh, all these nice. things she goes through, you've read the book, yes. every chapter, she talks about her fear, there's this and that, but she didn't stop. Right. She just kept going. And I, that's why I think this book is an excellent first book for someone who wants to travel. Absolutely. Thanks, Red. So... Uh, all right, I got another question for you. Um, first of all, what do you guys do that you can just pick up and leave for seven weeks and then do it again? <laughs> yeah, I'm a freelance writer. Okay. So, and John teaches yoga at University of Vermont. So why aren't we calling him Hippie John? Oh, there we go. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we need to name a, a Ben and Jerry's after him somehow. Yeah, I know. So, all right, so you guys were able to do this, but now my next question is, what was going on in your lives that you needed to do this? Needed to do this trip, or yeah, the, to no, do the, the, this first trip. It's like it sounds like this trip. is quite like throwing everything your life up in the air and going off on this adventure. Usually, there's like you're needing something in your life to change yeah. or to happen. Well, the empty nest was going to happen, okay. And so we looked at that empty nest and said. Oh, let's put some motorcycles in here. <laughs> and, so, you know, it works. Thing, it works. And the but, thing yeah, is, a good choice. little baby motorcycles. <laughs> we we uh, we actually had like people would view our little family unit as like an awesome family unit, the three of us. Mm-hmm. And so we knew Jane and I knew that was ending. Maybe Emmett didn't know that, mm-hmm. but it was like let's do something that kind of is the capstone of this kind of beautiful time that we've had together for mm. twenty two years. Yeah. All right, and nice. what's the best part, best thing about traveling with your son, and what's the worst thing about traveling with your son? Because <laughs> here we got Scott, who's like teeing up, like, this sounds like a good idea. So what's the, the, the highs and lows okay. of traveling with your son? One of, one of my favorite things about traveling with Emmett is that he knows me well enough to know that that little baby animal that's running across the street, he'll point to it. And say, mm-hmm. and we didn't have intercoms, mm-hmm. oh. so so there was that. So, and I know him well enough that you know we. I remember I don't remember where it was, but there was a beautiful, beautiful woman <laughs> carrying a pie, like an apple pie or something. <laughs> That's and all I, the things in wow. the <laughs> and, and I and I pointed, and he's like. You know, I could see him nodding in That was the, at a gas the, station right outside of Zion. Oh, there yeah. it is. There it is. So was he more excited about yeah. the girl or the pie? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yes. yes. The and the, the other great fun thing that we had together was when we took off our helmets and sat down to drink water or eat a sandwich or something, we would compare notes. What do you have going in your head? And mm-hmm. I'd say, I sang the whole White Album. <laughs> and, he, and he'd say, oh, I just had Arnold Schwarzenegger noises for the last 75 miles. And he'd say, you know, and do these crazy sort of German sounding grunting yeah. noises. So, and the, the annoying thing yeah. about traveling with 
Emmett. Take take notes, Scott. Oh, I am. But, was yeah. that he? He didn't have a lot of patience with weather, uh-huh. and weather happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like, right. dude, it's going to be really hot. So you just have to deal with it. Drink more water. You know, pour water down your coat, or it's going to be very cold. So I think that he's much more. He lives in Montana, mm-hmm. so he can deal with weather now. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't very. Um, Weather oriented. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thing is, and this is worth remembering for you, Scott, if you travel extensively with somebody, you're going to see them at their absolute Mm -hmm. best and their absolute worst. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you're going to be under duress. The conditions may not be perfect. You may be tired. So you're going to see these people at their absolute best and worst. And if you are related to them... (laughs) <laughs> it might be a reflection of you. Ooh. And sometimes oh, never. that's, oh, never. A, that's a tough pill to <laughs> yeah. swallow. I, I know what you mean when you travel with someone to see the best and the worst in them. Jim and I shared an RV and he slept naked. So Oh, was, God. Yeah. All, all the things most things naked. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> naked Jim. Hence the best right. and the worst right there. Bacon was a wee bit tricky, but uh, <laughs> beyond that. I have, to, I have to say, we travel quite well together, don't we, Liza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we travel remarkably well we together. Do. But um, I love my favorite the the, dan- the underwear dance parties. Oh yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, it's supposed I, to say what happens in Vegas stays da- in Vegas. Dance off, pants I off. I don't so, remember that. Was I drunk? <laughs> all right. No, so, you when you walked in, yeah. and me and Jim oh, that's were dancing right, I do to, remember that. to the Detroit. I know you're trying to block that out. <laughs> that's right, the Detroit <laughs> Cobras. Eyes got this big. Like, what is going on yeah. here, John? That was right before you passed out. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so, so you'd that'd see, be a whole different motorcycle tour. <laughs> so you do this trip. And you go back home. Did Emmett go back with you, or did he go mm. in a different direction? Wah, wah, wah. Uh, <laughs> Sad trombone. Uh, he, he ran away to California, didn't he? <laughs> he right. went off. At He didn't finish the trip with us. He went off on his own. All right. He had planned his out in this part of the world. So you get back home, and this is something for anyone who's spent that much time on the road. It's hard to adjust back oh, yeah. to home mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yep. How was that, adjusting to that? Well, they had double, because you had that plus not having a boy there anymore. Or, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, yeah. I know that it was feeling. a big, yeah. it was really hard. And the the we were hoping for the warm embrace from the dog, who was with the babysitter now. And the dog was a little resentful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And so that hurt, too. Oh, damn. <laughs> So uh, this trip, you know, you've got it planned again. You've got um, all all your stops. You're going to kind of your whistle stops, the places you're doing your speaking gigs. Um, and completely different. How would you describe the dynamic as being really different without having Emmett along and having the book out there, of course, too? It's, well, I'm on the spot. I mean, right. wherever we have QR codes on the backs mm-hmm. of the bikes, so we, I'm kind of an introvert and I'm kind of a quiet person. And on this trip, I have not had that luxury. You got the newsletter too, oh, which right. I subscribed yeah. to your news yes. from the road. Yeah. And so I've been kind of following your progress across Ooh. the country. How does somebody get that? Oh, newsletter. you just go to, go to the website. Yeah. What's the website? It's cjanetaylor.com. The, the letter C. cjanetaylor.com. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm sure you've been very very well received everywhere you've gone. Have you have you had any? I'm not going to say negative experience, just kind of 
odd experiences, perhaps with stalky people, or who the heck do you think? <laughs> Emma, you that's are? only you. <laughs> stalky people. Um, I think it's been the opposite. You know, the, I've been really very well received. Yeah. Right. Though at the at the uh, BMW National Rally, I, they gave me a booth. I was really honored mm-hmm. that the BMW gave me a booth there. And one of the things I learned, I'd never been in an exhibit hall in that kind of way ever before. And thousands of people walked by my table, and I had to be polite to every one of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's Ain't so, easy, is it? It's not easy. And some, I, sometimes I just felt trapped there. People just ha- had, oh, she's trapped. I'm going to tell her my story. Yes. <laughs> people that, love to tell their stories. Is that the nexus for your moth-style stories, that you're having people tell at your events? Oh, it's, it's, it's not related to the... But, okay. the, but I, we do, at the reading events we do, and I say we because I invite the audience to tell a five-minute exactly. story adventure as I see it. And it's because I didn't want to just go on a snake oil tour selling the book i wanted to inspire adventure and one of the things i wanted to inspire in people is the recognition that adventure happens in your life and it doesn't right. have to be related to a motorcycle or parachuting or anything like that it could be related to some something that causes you to grow right yeah. Yeah, and everyone's journey is valid. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has an adventure. And if you have spent your life buying cornflakes at Safeway and you decide to go to a different supermarket across town, that may be an adventure be. for you. And that may be you stepping outside your box. And that's no less of a story than somebody who rides around the world. I mean, it's your story, and they need to be told. Emma, I think I do have an example of sort of a stalker moment. Yes. Yeah, I don't know where she is. So when I first found out about this, and I was talking to John on the phone about setting up this interview, and then I said, do you think she'd be interested in going on my Chickistan trip? (laughs) Sounds like an adventurous person. (laughs) And, And he's like, I don't know, maybe I'll mention it to her. Before he could get to her, I had contacted one of my chick stand girls who was at the at the event, at the event no to, way. and who approached so her, her. who approached her, her okay. and was like, "Hi, you want to come on chick stand?" Oh five minutes gosh. later, see, five we minutes got later, yeah. So here. I had yeah. the picture of Wait, Linda who met her. Can I see that picture? Yeah. So are you gonna go? <laughs> yeah. So within five minutes, she had somebody coming up to her, approaching, her, like That's not knowing great. what's going on. <laughs> you should absolutely. Is yeah. that is that a mini skirt, Jane, or are those shorts? It's a mini skirt. Good Lord. Or is it a squirt? <laughs> Squirts. Good Lord. She has nice legs. No, she has very nice legs indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, Emma, you're talking. It's getting very, awkward. A very, da- <laughs> a, very da- a very dashing pair. Yeah, it's getting very, weird. Very, very fit. So I want, since you've been on this second tour going around to events, my first question is, what events have you been to and what events will you be going to? That's a good question. The the first event I went to was the Down East Maine BMW Rally, which was terrific and cold and raining, and I bought silk long underwear to wear <laughs> under my kit because it was so cold. It was a wonderful. We met Muriel Farrington, who is 80, and rides a B- 
BMW 800 all over the place by herself. And she's ridden over 400,000 miles. Yeah. Oh. She's, wow. she's great. She's really hey, fun. Jane, you have your whole travelogue on your website too, right? Yes. All the different stops. So yeah. CJaneTaylor.com if you mm-hmm. want to see the, the whole travelogue. I, I'm curious. I talk about growing, right? And you guys, you know, I think you said earlier you love the bikes and you're not in the market for anything new. But have you thought about if you were to step into a new motorcycle now that you've, you know, been exposed a little bit more? Do you have any any ideas? Well, the other day we were following Reg on 101, and my bike wasn't going fast enough, <laughs> and somebody passed us on a KTM, and I thought, wow, that'd be really nice. To go that fast, but Passes I do have I do have a us. Triumph Bonneville that I bought oh, at the beginning lovely. of the pandemic, and I explained to Emmett when I'm on the GS, I feel like a Girl Scout. I'm going camping. Mm-hmm. Here I go. When I'm on the Bonneville, I'm a witch. Oh, in a good careful, way. careful, in a good way. No, show her your arm, Emma. Show yeah, your arm. No, it's um, that is. Every inch. If you were a witch, you would ride a Bonneville. I think so. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, there it is. is. <laughs> so, That's great. I'm thinking about the Chick- the Chickistan question and what your next riding adventure is. And I know you've got to return back to the day job. I get it. Yeah. Um, or not. <laughs> yeah, or not. <laughs> Do you have another motorcycle adventure in mind or a next book you're working on? Well, the the joke in the... We did get inter- intercoms, so the joke that John and I have now is that the next book will be called Top Gear, in which the author takes the curves at almost the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> the author rides the straightaway almost at the speed limit. Oh, Top Gear. <laughs> Jim, you got to bounce? I'm going to head out. All yeah, right. Yeah, see it was you, super Jim. fun. Thank Great you, meeting you. Have fun your adventures. Um, yeah. Ciao. Uh, Jim, reach yes. out tomorrow and I'll get you some part numbers. I'll have my people call your people. Yes. We'll do brunch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we got to figure that whole thing out. No, I figured it. Yeah, so like like Reg was saying, then um, one of the appeals of your book is the interpersonal dynamics in the story, and not just the the hero story. So I'd like to see if you bring that to some kind of future work. You know, whether it's Chickistan or the hero know, story or the anti-hero no, 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 story. No, the the interpersonal aspect of it. I think that's what's really most interesting. Yeah. Well, I do. I do imagine I'll write another book. Okay. Because it was. It's hard. It's hard work. I like to do hard things. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> me and Glennon Doyle. But um, yeah, I I will write another book, and it's it's my writing style that it's going to be personal because I write the things I know, and that's exactly. what I know. Yeah. So, what would your advice be for somebody who wants to either get back into motorcycling after many years, or somebody who's you know our age and wants to wants to jump into this sport take the motorcycle safety course of course take the course yeah all right you said you're a bit of an introvert mm-hmm. how are you handling the fact that you may or may not be a role model to riders now i'm i'm trying to handle it well yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm thrilled i want to inspire especially women to ride mm-hmm. and um I just want to inspire them and then step into the shadows. You know, it's like, <laughs> the okay, reluctant you can role do model in the next book. It's yeah. the mentoring. Yeah. It's the mentoring thing. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, for somebody who hasn't really ridden and starts so late and then heads off on an adventure, it makes other people go, 
maybe I could do it. Yeah. And the and the thing I hope to inspire is not solely motorcycling. I mean, I definitely want to see more women on the road because I think it makes the road a safer place. But I also want to inspire women to think, oh, I can do that thing. And whether it's, I don't know, riding in Pakistan or writing a book or anything. telling stories. Yeah. Teaching people to be better communicators, mm. and you've had yeah. all this experience of oh, people telling nice. their five minutes of adventure. Okay, I'm not going to let you get away with what you said. I need some explanation. <laughs> More women make the roads a safer place? I read something a few years ago. It was a statistic from an insurance company that said that yeah. the percentage of women riders have fewer accidents and fewer fatalities on motorcycles on the road. Okay, I'll buy that. Okay, yeah. It's probably purely actuarial, like not renting cars to under 25-year-olds. So now here's, here's I'm going to sock you with this okay, one. Okay, good. All right, what was harder, preparing and executing the trip or the book? I think the book, actually. Yeah. The the on the motorcycle trip I had the support of my husband and son. Johnny the tour manager was you know. So but Hippie John. Hippie John, <laughs> there it is. Hippie John was with me. But writing is a is a solo occupation. So you have to inspire yourself at your computer or your fountain pen as it were. How long did it take you to knock it all out? I wrote for six months, mm-hmm. and then I put it down for five years. Yeah. Okay. And then I finished it probably in another six months. But just like doing a journey like this, now that you've finished the writing journey, are you feeling like, I could do that again? Now I have all the tools. Yeah. Yeah. So which one is calling you more, another book or another j- motor j- or motorcycle both. journey? Or both. Or both. <laughs> well, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm in California, and I have to get home at some point. So that's going to involve <laughs> motorcycling. So yeah. I do have that journey right in front of me. Mm-hmm. But the book thing is pretty fun. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Oh, and uh, did we cover what, what, tri- what, um, th- what events you will be going to after this? Where are you heading next? Where I'm heading next? I'm doing many salon style readings okay. in people's homes. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, that's then, a thing. Cool. Yeah, it's a really fun thing. Is, the, is Houston on your calendar? I forget. <laughs> no. So do no. you do you need more people to places to go? Because our listeners might be interested in, in hosting. Yeah, I mean they could look at the website, cjntaylor.com, and there is space in there. And there's also uh readings that are set up. You could contact me or con- mm-hmm. just contact the website. And you know, they're in private houses, but they're welcoming people to come yeah so yeah that'd be great yeah yeah thanks for and the final event that we're going to do is at montgomery distillery in missoula montana oh, and that's where emmett works excellent oh, nice. that's so cool. not a bad place to stop in the yeah. distillery. i yeah. might have to introduce emmett to my son who wants to be a bartender but he's 19 <laughs> the, so yep. future path there now nice. and what places have you not ridden to yet that you still want to visit or see big band 
big big band is a family joke because we've done cross country trips in the car and let's go to big bend and it's like it's too far away mm-hmm. we're not going to big bend i want to see the mysterious coast of um oregon yeah mm-hmm. oh mm. very pretty yeah. that's where that's, that's bagel where, that's where i am oh hey, right. yeah. <laughs> stop by for some bagel yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, well let's actually, yeah, Bagel, you want to uh, organize something? A book reading? Uh, p- perhaps. Uh, <laughs> right there in your garage with the scooters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it could yeah, happen. We could see what we could do. There yeah. Right on. So, um, for, I mean, for me, I've ridden around the country a few times, and there's all these like places I want to go see and visit. But if you don't have that long of a history of like motorcyclist, Maybe you don't have these things. So maybe we need to help give you some. <laughs> it could sure. be. Yeah. Did you ride up Pikes Peak yet in Colorado? N- no. We have in a car, but not, not on a motorcycle. Not on a bike. Have you done oh, you Avenue, do of the, Avenue of the Giants? Yes. Oh, you have? Yes. All right, good. Yeah. Check that nice. one. Uh, let's see. Garden of the Gods? Garden of the Gods, yes. And here's one nice. we did that you guys will appreciate. Mm-hmm. Western Avenue in Chicago, the yes. longest yeah. road, the longest surface street in, in the, the United, United States. States. Huh. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> every, I'm every, kidding. Every block has a yeah. stoplight. Yeah. for 35 miles. <laughs> oh no, oh, man! <laughs> it was wow. Hard. Yeah. You didn't hit Blue Ridge Parkway that's, yet, right? That's Steel tough scab. on your clutch hand. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, and you also have like the AMA um, Museum in Pickerington, Ohio. You have Barber Motorsports mm-hmm. in Alabama, right? Oh, in Birmingham? Yeah. Birmingham? Yeah, Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham? <laughs> Brumpton? What Birmingham, uh, Alabama. Frumpton? What the <laughs> fuck is Frumpton? What the hell is wrong yeah. with you, Johnny? You had some brump. You Frumpton? What did you call people from Birmingham? Um, Brompers or something? Brummies. Brummies, there it is. Brummies. <clears throat> From the museum, the national salt of the earth. So you kind of inducted yourself into this huge community of motorcycling. Did you have any inkling when you started this that there's this whole world, this whole universe inside motorcycling? No. Okay. Well, now you're part of it. (laughs) Oh, and another place. Will you be going through Idaho? Maybe. Maybe. So you know, got to go to the ramp. (laughs) <laughs> well, first of all, the, yes. the, the Climb headquarters uh, are there, oh. and they have a factory store that's like a gap, but it's all Climb oh, gear. Awesome. Oh, my we wanted Climb to like, give us stuff, but we never got yeah. around to that. Yeah, Maybe that yeah. is the time yeah. to get them. Well, there's yeah. always Duluth, Minnesota. You see, I'm wearing the uh, Aerostar yeah. no, you gotta, you gotta oh. Forget the Climb place. You got to go to the spot where, where uh, Evil so, Knievel tried to jump the Snake River. So I did <laughs> it's that. It's incredible. <laughs> I did it too. Well, you did, I, well I rode my yeah, KLR up the ramp. I did not. Really? A little at, way at, up at the Snake River, yeah. Wow. And, and yeah. the riding along the Snake, Snake River is phenomenal anyway, so you might as well. Yeah, cool. it, is, it is a little bit sketchy. It's basically like just a little sing, single track up, you know, up uh, next to these co- um, concrete piers where the ramp was actually fastened to. Oh, and wow. then just a short plateau, not much longer than the length of the bike at the top. So you have to up and then stop suddenly because oh, yeah. then it drops down going, and there's a canyon. You'll pretty much do what Whoa. Evil Knievel did if you keep going. <laughs> yeah. Do you roll back down backwards? or can No, you I, I was able to do oh, a nine-point okay. turn and wow. then ride back down. Nine-point turn. Yeah, and I had Jim up there just to kind of catch me just in case. Sounds horrifying. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. It was awesome. <laughs> 
Um, well, I, I hope you continue, you know, on your tour and, and, and promoting books. I want to make sure people know again, C as in the letter C. Yes. Do we get to learn what that stands sure. for? Wait, wait, hold on. We get to guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Cindy Jane? Mm. No. Ca- Caroline. Mm. No, these are nice, are nice sweet. options. Emma, what's Catherine. your Oh, Bagel says Catherine Jane? It's Catherine. Yeah. I was going to say oh, Catherine. Of course, Bagel. I'll kick your teeth in, Bagel. Oh, I'm Wait, sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right, mate. CJ is pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. CJ. Yeah. It's kind of jeepy. Well, it's kind of jeepy. All right, so <laughs> see, right. see the letter. Yes. Jane Taylor. CJaneTaylor.com is my. Dot com. Yes. So somebody can buy the book. They can maybe book you mm-hmm. uh, or... Say, hey, if you're coming through, I got a place to crash mm-hmm. if yes. you want. Wonderful. See, I, I tried to do that in Alameda, but all that I could land is this little gig here at the podcast. I know. <laughs> so and sorry. and do, you, do you guys know about Bunka Biker? Yes. <laughs> okay. We haven't I done do. it. We haven't done it yet, yeah. but I do know about it. Z has yeah. been on this podcast. Controver Z has been on this podcast a number of times, too. Yes. She's doing really well Z's with the network. She actually spoke at our Motorcycle and Rotarians meeting, yeah. too. Yeah, and she set up this great thing where people can. Yeah. But also, the BMW owner's oh, group the, has the same the, thing, uh, the little the book. Anonymous book. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got it. yeah. Yep. I, I've been in it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but not for those reasons. No, I think my name is in red and it said, like, stay away. Yes. Yeah, something like that. I know. Well, also. You got, even though you're here for a short time, you got the full Recycle Garage experience. A great experience. You you got your bike fixed. Got you got, bike fixed. She got bike diddled by Emma. She fixed I it. I learned <laughs> more about my motorcycle in five minutes with Miss Emma than I have at any other time in my well, motorcycle cool, blimey. life. Nice. As have we all. Thank yes. you. Thank yeah. you. Well, she's branching out. She can fix your your vibrator too. She can fix anything. I tell you what, the Kickstarter is broken on my vibrator, so I need to go home and fix it. Nice, nice. Well, um, I wanted to get some emails, and I wanted to really thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, what well, great guests! Thank you. Your thank stories. you so much. It's a um, it's a lovely story. Thank it you. is, and but thank you, Scott, for bringing. You're very welcome. Bringing Scott. attention you able to, to us yeah, yeah, with it. Sure. Um, and you see, Scott, we behaved ourselves because I know you were worried, mostly like, yeah, you know, I know you were concerned that we would make fools of ourselves and treat our guests flippantly, like Confident. we had, like Confident. we have <laughs> in the past, like but we, we didn't. Are you happy now? <laughs> always, yeah, I'm always well, happy when I'm around you. <laughs> well. Flatterer, you know what I love. Flattery will get you everywhere. You know what I love too, and and John, I, I haven't known Jane very long, but tell me if I'm getting this right. She had the the smile when she first when we first started. That was polite, like what is going on? And now she's got the I'm in it. This is yeah, fun. Totally. Smile, right? Good read. Exactly right. Yeah. Good read. Yeah. I'm so transparent. Yeah. I saw that too. I totally saw it too. I'm like, it's gonna be okay, honey. <laughs> <laughs> You're not I in know, Vermont I anymore. <laughs> well, um, I wanted to give a quick update um, from our show last week. Yeah, um, and that Ooh. was a, a very tough subject. And I know it's not the usual topic we deal with um, on the show. Because we do tend to deal with lighter subjects. However, it has a happy ending. I mean, it's not it's an ongoing thing. It does. Um, 
And for those who don't know what we're referring to, I had my cousin uh, Zach on the show last week. He's a new writer. And in the first week of writing, he and his buddy were um, out and um, uh, things happened and a pedestrian was killed. Mm. And, and not saying who's at fault or anything like that. We're not trying to pin the blame on anyone. But the fact that young people new writers now have to deal with this and have to like deal with this really traumatic uh, situation. Um, And, and he and his buddy bought bikes without ever taking any lessons. Hmm. They followed all the rules. They got their permits. They got their insurance and they're saved up money and bought bikes. They did everything right. The system allows them to do that without having any training. And these are teenagers. So it's quite traumatic. So um, the update is I had uh, told his mom, I said, um, I really recommend that you find a, a rider safety class for him and that you pay for it. And she called me this week and she said, I found a two day training class. She said, I can't believe it's like eight hours for two days. I'm like, yeah. Yep. It's and intense. I signed him up for it uh, next month. That's great. That's great. And I will follow up that if Zach um, wants intermediate or advanced training and chooses to come to California, um, I, or, should I say my my alter ego Mototown will pay for him to do intermediate or advanced training with Pacific motorcycle training. That's oh, a very nice. that's a good one too. And yeah. and then I also told her that if she found another class for him, because I think any classes are going to be good. I said mm-hmm. dirt track anything that we will pay for it out of our Patreon funds. Because I'd like to see him continue to get. Well, I mean, education. he chose. He he did a couple of things that really endeared him to me, and he's he's a very very nice kid. Um, but just coming on and telling such a traumatic story mm. in such an eloquent way was extremely difficult for mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and he did. Well, but he chose to continue riding, mm-hmm. which I sh- I think shows a great amount of fortitude on his part. And, so, and um, actually, we got a couple emails about that. Bagel, you have yours queued up? I do. I'll read mine, and then you can do yours. Uh, this first one comes from Mike, and he says, Hey, I just listened to episode 479, um, the hard lesson, right? He says, I normally listen to you all for some fun, but this was important medicine to take. I needed to take a few breaks to make it through Zach's story because it hit very close to home as my wife was hit by a car last December. She's physically recovered, but working on some mental issues coming through that. I just wanted to make sure someone showed some love to you for putting out that podcast because that was a lot less holly and jolly than usual. Thanks for the podcast and keep up the good work. Thanks, Mike. And I like hearing when somebody says, you know, it was important medicine, because that's exactly why I like to share stories. Bagel, what you got there? Yeah, so I have an email from Mike D. Another Uh, Mike. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mike writes, hola, misfits. This is Mike D from Sunnier and dried up SoCal. I was listening to the podcast and had to pull over and send this message. First, for Liza, I'm feeling much better that your perception of HD riders has changed following your HD rider epiphany at Laguna Seca. (laughs) Apology accepted. (laughs) By the way, I own and ride a Harley Davidson Road King as well as a T100 Bonneville. Cool. I asked a question and sent a pic of the the Triumph last week. Yeah. And more importantly, though, I want to thank Zach 
and you misfits for sharing his story about the incident involving his buddy. Please let Zach know that although I have many years of writing experience, I have become an even more defensive and careful writer because of his story. We writers are well aware of the risk, and it is important that we share not only the good times, but also the bad and sometimes tragic times, so that we all can learn and most importantly heal from these from events such as these. Yeah. Bravo, misfits. Mike D, peace. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. And I actually sent that one on to Zach just to let him know that his telling his story has affected and made people change, you know, remember to to change their writing. Um, It was an important story uh, and it needed to be told. And I'm glad it was us that got to tell it. John, you got one there? I do. This is from uh, Chris M. from Fisher, Tennessee, or Texas. Hey, Chris. I'm not going to do that. Sorry, <laughs> no, I, I think I think you should, Johnny. I was listening to the most recent <laughs> and you were talking about Rumble On. I yes. sold my 2018 18 18 Indi- Indian Roadmaster to 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 them in January 22. The process, as you stated, was easy. I filled out the information on my bike and received an online quote. A few days later, I received a call from Rumble On, and and we discussed the quote as, and we agreed on a price. Next was to send pictures. They request certain angles and a photo of the FOB. Since I own my bike outright, I also sent a photo of the title. Rumble On then sent an online agreement via DocuSign, I believe, and I signed the agreement. I sent the actual signed title overnight via FedEx. And once they received the title and confirmed everything, they overnighted a check in the agreed amount. It literally took me just a few days to finalize everything, and I got my check in hand. After that, they sent up a time and picked up the motorcycle from my home and off it went. I could not have stated, asked for an easier process. Please let me know if you have any questions. Yeehaw. Best regards, Chris. Thank you, Bubba. Bagel, um, how was that? Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that was closer to a mid East Tennessee accent. I know. I think it was splendid. Yeah. Yeah. S- simply splendid. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about rumble on and I want to look into it more about, um, yeah, how they're I mean, cha- how they're changing. No, and I've had second. I've had kind of second thoughts about the presentation mm-hmm. because you know I think all they're doing is is some good old fashioned carnival barking, and they're just using tools at their disposal. It just because they're kind of doing a CD presentation at a show, yeah, doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad product. Yeah. yeah. So now Emma. Yes, so darling. So what you have in your hand yes, I have is a not one, it is two. It is a two-parter. And it, mm. it's, it almost like builds a story. Yes, it does. So, now, funnily enough, that apparently, if you are from Buffalo, New York, you talk like you're from Birmingham, England. <laughs> funny that, isn't it? I, so, hello, misfits. My name is Jordan. Hey, Jordan. From Buffalo, New York. Canadi- Canada, basically, use Canadian accent, please. LOL. A? Close brackets. Mm. Um, I've emailed multiple times. Oh, why haven't you shown any of Jordan's emails before now, Liza? Maybe I have. You've failed in your task. I listen to the podcast every day at work and love you guys. Oh, thank you, Jordan. Um, I guess my question is about my new-to-me 07 Harley XL 1200C Sportster. Um, I have an Arlen Ness Air Cleaner. Not sure the pipes, but they are loud. And a Dino Jet 3 Commander on it. It runs like a scalded cat. Um, I get snap crackles and pops uh, while downshifting, rev matching, or full throttle riding. 
Not sure if this is a tune issue where the air fuel is a little mixed up or it's the nature of the beast. I don't mind the snap, crackle and pops, but it it sounds great, but not sure if it's running too lean or it's making it happen. If this is something that's going to hurt the engine performance. Any thoughts or concerns? My dad um, also just got an A08 XL883C with them neighbor hater exhausts on it. <laughs> And it sounds bitching. His is all stock otherwise. Coming off a 500cc sport bike, my 1200 is an amazing bike. And I love it. Ha, 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 ha. Talk for days and pretty damn comfy. Let me know if Miss Emma or anyone has an idea of why it's crackling on rev matching or high RPM off throttling. And if it's bad or good performance in general. Thank you, guys. Keep two wheels on the ground. So let's deal with this first. So this is fuel-injected, not carbureted? It's fuel-injected bike. And general, what do you got there? Just keep going, Emma. <laughs> Don't you mind no behind the scenes well, no, he's, he's, business? He's wiggling his waggle around. I can't yes, help I myself. He's getting um, me to look at his. Yeah, he wants me to look at it, and I don't want I to. Um, stop it, Scott. You know, if you're running open pipes on big twin cylinder bike like mm-hmm. a Harley, or even a, if you were to do it on a BMW, as unlikely as it sounds, you're always going to get. Um, popping and crackling on the overrun. And the reason is you're reducing back pressure. Now, what's back pressure? I shall tell you. When the exhaust pulses come out of the engine, when they reach the baffling in the exhaust, it actually kind of slows them down. And waves start pushing back. And it actually aids combustion because you you get this wave running both ways in the exhaust, as bizarre as it sounds. That's basically what back pressure is. Manufacturers know this, and they do all kinds of tricks, like put balance pipes between the front and back or the left and right pipes, if they're that way. Um, and we, when we first met Liza, we actually had to talk about baffling and crossover pipes. And Wait a minute. I once A guy told me that back pressure is when you hit the tonsils. Yes, it is. Okay. Nevertheless, when you run open pipes, you lose all that back pressure. And oftentimes you lose this scavenging effect. And when you shut down, you get this unburnt fuel that just rockets down the pipes. And of course, the spark plugs will ignite it, not necessarily every beat of the engine. Mm -hmm. And you get this bang, bang, bang. It's quite normal with open pipes. It's definitely nothing to be concerned about. If you sit in the driveway and you rev it and it's going bang, 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 you've got a problem. But if at high RPM you're shutting down, you're getting bang, 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 you're going to get that with open pipes. This is what you get. Or on a KLR. <laughs> or on a KLR. I mean, and I think for a lot of modern bikes, it's becoming less and less uh, in fashion to change the pipes because you may you may make it worse sometimes. Well, exactly. And the thing is with modern bikes, I mean, we've got a lot of factors going on here. We've got bikes that need to meet emission regulations. In, mm-hmm. in particular, it's, it's the European regulations that are driving the brand, the Euro 4 regulations, which are very, very strict. Um, yeah. They're meeting... Um, economy regulations they're meeting uh, noise regulations and so as a consequence these bikes are running very very lean out of the factory but they're designed to do that and the days of just taking the exhaust system off and putting a loud one on like we did back in my day in fact we would fashion them out of stone um (laughs) 
But <laughs> no, if we take my GS thousand, so there's eighteen year old Emma riding around on the GS thousand with these giant frigging chrome mufflers. And when you got, gave it the beans, it sounded like somebody farting in a bath. So they had to go. So we got the Yoshimura 4 into 1, yeah. which was absolutely frigging deafening. Um, and he did very little else to it because the carburation back then, it was basically a bucket with a hole in it. And a very simple engine. But now you can't get away with that. And... Yeah. There's all kinds of things you should do. So in answer to Jordan's question, which is part one, mm-hmm. it's fine. Leave it. Leave it. It's kind of a nature well, of the bike. Or can I say learn throttle control? Yes, throttle control certainly helps. Yeah, throttle control and gun can just control. But it's certainly that. not a bad noise. I mean, or, go yeah. or go back to stop. Yeah, unless your neighbors might hate it. So that email was dated Monday, July the 11th <clears throat> at 10.35 a.m. Yeah. Saturday, July the 16th at 8.33 p.m. Hello, Misfits. Huge problem. (laughs) My name is Jordan, Jordan, and I'm from Buffalo, New York. My father has an 08883 Sportster, and and he was riding earlier today, and the bike started running terrible and died on him multiple times. Upon further investigation, he has gas in his oil and cannot start the bike. I I do not believe Is this a fuel pump issue or a fuel <coughs> regulator issue or injectors stuck open? We need help, exclamation point. We will do the fix ourselves, but the guy before us just changed the fuel injectors. There's the clue. And hope this isn't the issue. Doesn't seem to be a good thing at all that this is happening with this bike. I would really appreciate some input on what we can check and find the cause a little more clear. Thank you so much. I love you guys. So, so father and son... Father and, son, father and son sportsters. Wait, can son I ask has a question? the testosterone riddled yeah. 1200 version. Father's riding this slightly more conservative 883. I have a question about the 883. Yes. Uh, is this got a vacuum pet cock? No, it's fuel injected. All right, so it's a fuel pump. But so no, no, pet no, oh. no, 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 no. Gravity? No. Why? It's fuel injected, you log. Yes, but the fuel comes from the tank. Right. So And it's yeah. getting into the engine. So let's talk about what happens when fuel gets into your oil. And what is so we'll talk about basically what it does and why it gets there. What what it does is an extremely bad thing. Um the best case scenario, if you ride your bike with fuel in the oil, you can potentially destroy every bearing surface in mm-hmm. the bike because there's a lot of bearing surfaces that require that film of oil. But on the same token, you're also cleaning it really good. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> good Lord. Um, cleaning the oil right off of the bearing exactly. surfaces. That's exactly. the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is your, your engine will actually act as a grenade. There is a great video doing the rounds, and I will see if I can find it so we can post a link on it. And it's actually, I believe, it's either filmed in Africa or the Middle East. Um, And it's a gentleman sitting astride um, a fairly big bike, which I believe is carburetted. I think it might be a Honda Blackbird. And he's just sitting astride it and revving it, and the engine absolutely grenades underneath him. And... 
it's it's a classic cause of gas in the oil. I mean, the the temperature rises, the fuel vapors ignite, and bang, your engine acts like a grenade, and there's cornflake-sized bits of aluminium and steel flying everywhere. That's like the the Minnesota thing where you flood the engine in the winter, and if there's too much fuel for stoichiometric ratio, and just take the oxygen tank from welding, just needs more oxygen. Right? Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> so. How did the fuel get in there? How did and the fuel? It's not like he has one like uh, cylinder that's not firing and has unburnt fuel because you would notice, right? Exactly. And generally, if it's if it's simply a not firing issue, because of the way a combustion engine works, it'll push most of that junk out of the exhaust. Mm. He's got problems, and so what we're going to do when people bring a bike down to me at the shop. I evaluate what the bike's doing now, but I actually kind of play Paul Drake a little bit. And, oh, yes. I think, do I, can I make a guess? And we look at the clues. Can I make a guess? Yes. Valve? No. Gosh, darn it. So what, I'm trying guess? to figure out how it's getting there. So oh, Bagel, what, has, Bagel has a guess. So what the clues that we're given is that the guy has already replaced the fuel injectors once. Yeah. So it's had a problem in the past that has required the injectors to be replaced. A fuel pump is quite a small device, and the best fuel pump in the world, an in-tank fuel pump, can't produce much more than 50 or 60 PSI. So I think this bike's got a bad regulator, and I will Mm. tell you why. These are my clues. I don't think the fuel pump can produce sufficient fuel to blow out the injectors. But a bad regulator, you know, it can't produce sufficient pressure. But if the regulator is bad, it will continue to build pressure until it blows the injectors. So I believe the fix for this bike is going to be two new injectors because he's blown them out and a regulator and he'll be down the road. So the regular is part of the fuel pump or a separate piece? Oh, I can't remember on a Sportster. It's either, I think it sits on the fuel pump assembly in the, in the because you've got like this thing that lives in the tank, and yeah. it's got the filter, it's got the fuel pump, and the regulator. Cars, they usually sit on the fuel rail, but they've got more real estate than bikes. I'm pretty sure a Sportster, the regulator's up top mm-hmm. in, the, in the actual tank. Um, and there's a lot going on in that little sports tank. So, regulator uh, injectors, you are down the road, and make sure you put a new fuel filter in there too. Well, there you go, cool. Emma. Always coming through. Well, I try, darling. Thank you. And I've been answering my uh, Ask Miss Emma emails Yay. like a good girl. Thank you. Yeah, Scott. You have a th- an announcement you want to make. I do. I was asked at the last meeting of the Oakland Motorcycle. We yes, like them. He's They're been cool. wiggling his waggle for a while, and I'm thank <laughs> you for your patience. Paper. And thank actually, uh, San Francisco Motorcycle Club, third oldest in the country, second oldest. There is a debate between them and another club back east, the and of which escapes me. Oakland is not far behind. 1907. Founded. Yes. Right And they're really close to my house, and so that's why I yeah. filled out the paper. Nice. Um, but they've got the Bayside ride coming up Saturday, July 30th, this year, of course. Nice. And uh, let's see, start and finish at the Oakland Motorcycle Club Hall. Uh, you can Google that, of course. Uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. cutoff, the, the registration, entry fee 25. The music by uh, 
Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, which is a ZZ Top <laughs> tribute band. Right. Nice. And, and there'll be raffle prizes. Uh, should, where, where do they get information? If you want information, they've got a phone number on here. Of course, I didn't bring my readers. 510-566-5123 or email. I'm going to let you read the email. because no, no, um, no. Oakland Motorcycle Club does. Uh, <clears throat> it's on their website. Yeah. It's on their website. website. They have a good website. Actually, with a calendar all up to date okay. and everything. Which Oakland is Motorcycle Club. And, yes. And Scott, I, cool. I apologize. I'm going to have to correct you yet again. Oh. Um, I believe you'll find that's a ZZ Top tribute band. <laughs> but it's Texas. Uh, I think just doesn't Z matter. Is the don't, don't make me come don't, over there and keep don't, correcting don't your appalling grammar. It. Don't fight it's it. It's just absolutely <laughs> appalling, Scott. I, I should be ashamed of myself if I were you. <clears throat> All right. Um, <laughs> God, I made him blush. I'm sorry. I'm just going to let it go. You know, it's like, what can I say? Oh. I'm looking at someone. I'm reminded. I keep forgetting to tell Bagel something that's sitting in this room that he doesn't know about. Bagel, oh. I got the Lego Vespa. Oh, nice! Which yes. one? The blue one. It's over in the corner. The, oh, the big one. Yeah, the big one, of course. Nice. Yes. Very cool. <laughs> they also make a little a little Vespa, uh, yes. Vespa Lego too. The red one. Yeah, no, Lego's making motorcycles. I also got a Lego Ducati there. Ooh, yeah, wow. it's, pro- really it's cool probably got more parts than a real Ducati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably makes as much clanking sound too. <laughs> no, nothing makes as much clanking sound as a real Ducati. Perhaps you just put the Lego model in the dryer to make that kind of sound. Yeah, or perhaps yeah. two skeletons having a fight in a tin. <laughs> Well, thanks thanks again, uh, uh, Jane and John and Reg, for dropping by and telling your story. And just a reminder to everyone, see the letter C, janetaylor.com. That's it. And Thank you. Bagel, yeah. you can go on there and maybe send a message if you want to give her your information, uh, if they come up okay. your way. And nice. uh, that would be I'll really cool. Yeah, you guys that would be really go cool. Go up and see Bagel. There's so much uh, cool stuff to see. And when when are you going to be back? When are you done? We're back in Vermont, April. I'm sorry, August fifteenth ish. <laughs> August fifteenth ish, and then back to life. Well, this is life. That's back to work. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, and you know what, John? You have to come back sometime because I want to have a whole conversation with you about bike yoga. Okay, absolutely. I don't know if you. I mean, I I don't know if hey, everyone please. comes up with this, but when I was doing long distance riding, yep, I found how important it was to do bike yoga, and there was all these certain poses and and stuff that you did to help stretch your back and your shoulders and your arms and your your legs. Cool. And I'm like, no one's talking about this. Does anyone have a video on bike Maybe yoga soon yet? On my website, <laughs> I, know, right? I think I've seen something in the past. May I can throw you some clues if yeah. I can come up with it again. Yeah. It, All I'm going to say is chair position. Chair position. Yeah. It is a real thing. I <laughs> yeah. know about it. So, and yeah. it. It it breaks it up and makes it possible. Otherwise, it's and just all kinds really, of yoga would help. I mean, yeah. we've been doing yoga; and it really helps a lot, actually. Yeah, it does. Well, thank you guys for coming. I think we're ready to get out of here. Um, and thanks again, Arma, for putting on a great event. Um, next week, Emma won't be here. I won't. I shall be on Kat and Emma's Alpine Adventure. Yes. So this time next Sunday, um, blah, I'll be in bed actually. Yeah. Um. But I will probably be full of Wiener Schnitzel and beer and looking forward to the next day's riding. And then the following Sunday, um, I will have just landed at SFO. So I'm actually going to miss two weeks. Ooh. 
Well, next Sunday, I won't be thinking about you at all. Good. Because I will be with Phil and the gang, AMA Vintage Days, at Haley Bell, Moin Khan, the guys from... Uh, Noko Moto are coming out. Oh, great. You're so many have friends coming. Such a good uh, time. Lily from Chickistan is coming. Uh, Aaron from Stumpistan is coming? Uh, Aaron from Stumpistan, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, you're not supposed to know that, are you? No, I know. Oh. He told me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, people are coming. Uh, Tamar might be coming down. We're going to be having so much fun. And hopefully, I'll be able to wait put up the recording that we do. Cleveland Moto, Moto. Dr. Detroit. Yeah. Great! Oh, give yeah. her my love, will you? Uh, and 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 me, and uh, and whatever misfits I grab, we'll be doing a. Um, we're going to be doing a debate, a public debate about the top ten innovations of all time when it comes to motorcycles. Hmm. So Ooh. I use for example, like are ABS brakes in the top ten? Emma, would you say ABS is top ten? No. See, this is it's going to be a lively debate between mm. us all. So this will be be fun time. So hopefully I'll be able to have gotten to good Wi-Fi and post it. If I don't get it out by then, uh, give me some time and I'll probably get it out Monday. So we might be a little late, but I'll do my best. Do you, um, do you want to know what the number one answer is right now? Nope. The wheel. Nope. The incandescent the headlight. Fire. Nope. <laughs> we are going to come up with a list. You can critique it when we're done. Oh, and I shall. Okay. So, um, oh, and I'll correct the grammar as well. There you go. <laughs> um, well, you can. <laughs> and if you're coming to AMA Vintage Days, just check this schedule. The sh- no schedule. <laughs> Good schedule. Schedule. Energica. To find out, uh, Friday e- Friday evening we're doing the live podcast. So come on down, and people in the audience can be a part of it as well. Right so there, you go. Nice. Um, Thank you uh, to all of our listeners and our Patreon sponsors and, uh, yeah, for sticking with us this long. Emma, you are in trouble. You did not silence your phone. Silence! I need you to get down and do 10 push-ups right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to happen. Silence! I guess let's wrap this up so I can go punish her brutally. Thanks, everybody. This is Liza. Thank you. Say your name. This is John. There you go. Dumpy John. <laughs> Emma, darling, and I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is Jane. Scott. There you go. Yeah, and we are out of here. Happy birthday, Liza. Thank you. Happy birthday. Go, Cole. Cool. Cool.